Are you here to kill me? I know what this is. I've seen a podcast microphone before. It belonged to a man from a half-remembered podcast. Someone possessed of some radical notions. What is the most infectious idea? To start a podcast. (laughs) Start a podcast? In the middle of quarantine. And we can't, like, just watch movies to enjoy them. We have to, like, talk about them. Yes. That's that's how it occurs now, forever. Always talking about films. Well, movies feel real while you're in them. It's only when you review them that you realise something was actually strange. (laughs) Welcome to our... Why did man go into the spaceship? Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, that's next week, guys. Oh, no, wait. (laughs) Dark Knight, what a good movie. We just yeah, reviewed yeah, it. We just saw that. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that episode last week. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Welcome to week number six of our Christopher Nolan Tenet. Ten to Tenet? Is it seven? Yeah, there's seven. this is film number seven. Is it? One, two, three. Well, we've done three. Four, we've five, done six. This is the seventh. Yeah. seventh. Yeah. His seventh film. Yes. If only he had called it Seventh. Yeah, no, like all In these films that have been... Numbered. No, 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 literally one, two, and three. But you like, haven't noticed the opening title where it says the fifth film by Christopher Nolan, the sixth film by Christopher Nolan. It's like on E. And then when you had Dark Knight Volume One and Dark Knight Volume Two, Tw- and then his second film is Twins. 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 Two. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like how James Cameron is contractually obliged to always have films with the with, uh, that start with the letters T and A. Every single one of his films. Have you ever noticed that? Okay, Aliens. They're Terminator. We'll the yeah. They're Terminator, Terminator 2. Aliens. The Abyss. The Abyss. But true Lies. True... Avatar. Oh, true Titanic. Avatar Titanic. Yeah. Um, no, I think he, he got tired of the TNA. It just shows that James Cameron loves now. ass and titties. Yeah. Loves that TNA. It's funny to... We need to talk about James Cameron one day. Oh, we'll like, do if only there was an upcoming franchise that's going to take the rest of our lives to review. Uh, this makes sense to be excited about. Mate, I love how Christopher Nolan is like, the world's biggest pandemic that has ever happened happens. Christopher Nolan's like, I will only delay my movie by one month. James Cameron, like, anything happens. Like, anything. <laughs> oh, sorry guys, Avatar 2 has been delayed by another 24 months. <laughs> You're not getting it. You're not getting it until the year 2028, motherfuckers. <laughs> he gets a... Literally anything. Gets a paper cut and Avatar gets delayed 12 months. He has um a lock that he just closes the, the CGI room, like where the computers are. You can't edit anymore. And then all the, all the fucking computer, computer animators are like, ah. And they just have to walk away. Did you? Did I send you that crew shot where the other day he crowded everyone around and they watched like the first completed shots by ILM, mm. and it's like a thousand people all socially distanced, but like the studio is huge. Wait, all socially distanced? They're they're, they're 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 all wearing masks and stuff. But like he's got the whole crew and they're looking up at genuinely like a football stadium sized screen. You're seeing only the back of it, and like I cannot. Can we watch the film in that screen? No, yeah, I know, right? I cannot. <laughs> fucking wait to see the first footage we'll see it, I, we'll see I still think the trailer is going to determine gonna, everything the trailer's going to be like it's either going to be the most underwhelming thing ever yeah. which I'm very ready for or yeah. it's going to be like holy fucking there's shit. not going to be a middle ground did you, did you see the photo I sent you today the concept art for the um, the crab thing they've got like this really cool looking crab vehicle that I just by the way Inception we're celebrating it's 10 year anniversary as of um, 10 days ago when, as of recording. 
This you didn't look at this? Gabe is looking at the crab vehicle on Mike. Mm. Looks cool as shit. Yeah. Mate, aliens style It's still going to be on... Um, with that. That's going to be... Yeah, it's underwater. Like, yeah, yeah, it can go underwater and on land. Years ago, they said the whole thing of like... Avatar is going to be set in the They're oceans. filming it underwater with yeah. motion capture. This is yeah. the crazy thing. They've built tanks and they have the actors... I've seen a photo of it. They have the actors wearing the light rigs that are capturing their face underwater. Oh my and God. they literally had to figure out how to predict the refraction of water what? to accurately capture the motion capture and replicate the water. So when James Cameron gets mad that Aquaman's underwater photography doesn't look that good, he probably fucking knows how good it could look. <laughs> and I'm really curious to see what a trillion dollars worth of fucking water rendering looks like. I'm really afraid that we're not going to... We're notice. never going to see the movie. We're not going to. No, no. We're not going to notice that at all. What do you mean? Like it's oh. going to be so imperceptible the detail. Yeah. No, it's going to be like a Naughty Dog thing where like there will be fifty million videos made about like the insane amount of detail. Yeah, yeah but, but but when you watch the film the first time, it's just going to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you That's... watch and then you watch a detail video and it's like. Oh, oh, I didn't notice. Well, this is the thing. The story could be dog shit and none of that's going to matter. Like, you know, John Carter had amazing VFX, but no one fucking cared, right? Like, yeah. I think it, it, it could definitely go that way. Like, um, I remember, what's his name? Nico from um, uh, Corridor Digital doing mm. a video on Avatar. And he said the one shot in Avatar that blew him away is when Jake jumps off the waterfall. And, like, he's in the water and he's, like, on the branch. And he's, like, catching his breath after he's been chased by, like, mm. the, the, the panther ca- creature. And the way the water is, like, moving around him, Nico was like, that looks like real water, but it's not. And I know it's not. And he's like, that's the one shot in Avatar that made me go, holy fuck, how did they do that? And literally, I think it's going to be that times 100. They need to hire the guys that animated The Last of Us to do the water to work on it yeah yeah because they they're really good i saw that thing in the last of us 2 where like you can see the reflections of your character in bubbles and it's like okay there is some detail that i understand like (laughs) the artistic intention behind it i'm impressed by and there's some detail where it's like fuck off it's just really they're just flexing yeah flexing so hard it's such a flex i love that though yeah um, anyway, Inception, a movie full of incredible detail and beautiful design. And full of blah. And full of lots of blah. Um, so, uh, tell me the story about... So, you didn't see this film in theatres, which you just told me before we recorded. So, this is the first film in this series that we can talk about that I was still in Spain when it came out. Yeah. And I remember... Yeah, the first couple of times I saw this, I saw it in Spanish. It has a good translation. Some films oh, have good. really bad yeah. translation. I'm actually watching um, Dark... Yeah. Yeah, Netflix TV show in, in so English. Good. Holy shit. Because my sister said, oh, come watch it in English. How was it so, in English? Yeah. Not not as good? No, no, it's like the story is good and all that, but some characters are really poorly voiced. Like yeah, that. right. And you can really notice the, the idea. Mm. And, um, but in like, I think most Christopher Nolan films in Spanish are actually pretty good. Like The Dark Knight, The Voice of Bane oh, is actually yeah. pretty good. Oh, I'd love to hear Spanish Bane. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, he's he doesn't <laughs> sound better silly. than Hardy? He doesn't sound s- oh, silly at so all. So it's better. Yeah, yeah probably. Less memorable, just, but better. Hardy is so. Have you seen? You've seen German Thanos, right? Yeah, no, I've seen. Have I've you seen, seen Polish uh, Polish Doom? Doom Eternal. No. There's like the Polish version of Doom Eternal. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love. And and there's also um. I think it's Chilean Homer Simpson. 
is no, like, no, I've seen yes, that one. Of he's course. amazing. I, I, oh, I don't he's like, like it. He's like a legend. Really but like I just it. love how famous he is. Like yeah. he, he's like incredibly famous in Latin America as like the voice actor of Homer Simpson. Um, I don't like I don't like it in in South American because um, in la, la, Latino the accent because they keep saying Homero. Oh right. Instead of Homer. <laughs> Homero. Homero. And it's like hey Homero. <laughs> what? It's like the Lucas Lucas uh, Trotacielos, which is like translation of Lucas uh, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Jesus fucking That's Christ. hilarious. That's really I funny. I told you this already in the Star Wars. Yeah, you did. I, th- I, I just, I I just I completely it. forgot that. I think that's I've so said funny. it. I said it once in every fucking podcast with it. So. Well, that's fine. I'm going to repeat a lot of details in this podcast that yeah. I probably will repeat later in our Interstellar <laughs> podcast or Dark Knight Rises podcast. Yeah. Anyway, um, Inception. So um, I saw this in theaters when it came out, and yeah. this was. Yeah, this was like... Because Dark Knight was the movie that made us all, you know, Nolan fans. Like, I was 12 years old when I saw The Dark Knight. It, like... My first Nolan. You know, yeah, yeah, obviously. I think it was... We're the same age, pretty much. So it's like, yeah, same, not same. First Nolan. I think... Oh, no, Batman Begins I would have seen before, of course. But no, no I didn't, I didn't see Batman thing. Begins in theatres. Because I was, you know, maybe nine years old when that came out. So my parents... 2006, just, right? Yeah, yeah, 2006. You would have been seven. You're 95? No, no, obviously. I, I'm born in 95. 95? Why would I be 7? 11, sorry. Yeah. I kind of wrong. I think it's 2005, so you're 10, 10 or so. Yeah, pretty young, pretty young. Yeah. Anyway, um, they, and they heard, you know, it was scary and everything. But yeah, Dark Knight, there was no fucking way I was not going to see Dark Knight opening night and get blown away by it. And then, you know, by the time I've seen Inception, I've watched... You were young for Dark Knight. 12, yeah. That's pretty young. It, it, great though, like like it yeah, was. No, of course, I, I'd already seen. You know, I saw Watchmen the year later, which was like even better. I loved Watchmen. Then I, I had yeah. I had seen The Shining so many times on Crypto. Yeah, yeah, I'd seen The Shining. Like... I'd seen. Clo- I saw Clockwork Orange really young, Just... which really freaked my parents out because <laughs> my brother had it on a computer and I found it. And, and Jarhead, that was the other one he had that I watched like many times. Loved Jarhead as a kid, which is a fucking weird kid. Jesus. Like, I think I love Jarhead less now than I did as a child because I was so unexposed to other movies. But, um, yeah, Inception was the first time I was, like, hyped to see a Chris Nolan film. Hmm. And I remember the marketing. I actually remember seeing the trailer for this film first on a plane where it was just the shot of Leo asleep or on the plane when he goes to sleep. And then it was the... um, these CG bits of buildings flying through, and and then you saw the one bit of Joseph Gordon-Levitt go flying in the zero gravity bit down the corridor. Mm. You didn't see the corridor fight; you just saw that bit. And yeah, the, I, remember, the, I don't know that trailer. And then the subtitle came up: "Your mind is the scene of the crime." And I was like, "Oh, so this is like a crime thriller about a guy who breaks into people's minds," which is not the film, but it was a really cool trailer. Mm. Yeah, I remember the, my first time watching it. Yeah. And I just remember it said was, from the director of The Dark Knight. It didn't yet say Christopher Nolan. It just said from the director of The Dark Knight. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I, I remember I was... Because I saw the trailer a bunch of times. It was everywhere. Yeah, the Zach Hemsey one was the next big one, which had the... Probably the most famous mm. piece of music, which introduced the world to the bombs that isn't actually in the movie. <laughs> no. It's pretty funny, right? Yeah. So one of the things... I remember I was a bit not disappointed. When you saw it in 2012? Yeah, because uh, all the all the trailers, <laughs> yeah, showed like this really crazy visuals, right? It's yes, this, you know the city flipping over each other. Yes, uh, exactly. Itself. Yeah, it's all like the city blowing up. So I thought, oh man, this is gonna be like mind bending. Yeah, 
like this is going to be really abstract and, and really and there was a surreal. lot of and most of those visuals don't really appear when they're actually doing the heist that's the only problem i have with this movie the only problem right like imagine and that's not even a problem with the movie that's a problem i have with the movie yeah, like yeah that, no, that, that is right that, i am not saying the movie is worse for that i'm saying that my like creative mind would yeah, I don't know. Action sequence yeah, like that. Like, this be. movie is. I, I just want to like, say on Mike, this movie is pretty much fucking perfect. I think this movie is actually. It's fucking really good. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, but like, especially given what it's trying to do. It's kind of like when you watch, um, uh, Doctor Strange. Exactly. Right? Doctor Strange. Like, the visuals sequ- incredible. Has an action sequence and like when everything the city's, is like, yeah. fucked and it's just great. But the um, story is fucking dog shit, so the, it doesn't matter. The story is not very yeah. good. Uh, and then it has a really good climax. Yeah. But you don't remember it. You don't remember Doctor Strange. I literally remember nothing from no, that movie. No, you remember that, that, that action sequence. I remember the New York fight where it's like all the city flipping on itself. And I remember the cool bit where like she takes his mind and he like flies no, I, um, I remember dimensions. some like visuals of it. That's all which I remember. Is, which is yeah. not what you're meant to That's remember. That's not what you're meant film. to remember. Yeah. It's like um, if, you, if I think of fucking Marvel. Jesus Christ. Like when you think of Inception, what do you remember? Oh, I think of so many things. I think of... Oh fuck! What's the Which line? One? It's Which like, one? Hardy. It's the, it's the best line of the movie. Um, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. When he gets the grenade launcher, oh. like that's. I think of the characters. I think of how fucking good they are. Yeah, no, I I, I actually think this think is maybe a... Nolan's best ensemble of I, any of his films. Mm. But like, uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna mm. say, Infinity War. I think of Infinity War. I think of the most memorable Thanos moment, and it's not visual. It's not a crazy visual. I remember. What is it? Well. To different moments, you know, when yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah. to Gamora, when that's a good when, scene. Um, it's probably my favorite scene. That scene when I'm he sorry. says, "All that just for a drop of blood." Yeah, that's and, like true. scenes like that. I mean, Actually, it's not, it's I, not I do think of that one. Remember yeah. mostly? Do you remember? Like, I remember that moment, and I remember being so disappointed in Endgame that we didn't get to see him literally get like beaten to death and bleed everywhere. Yeah, remember when Endgame Tell was me, like way stronger than he was in fucking Infinity War? When he had all the... Yeah, he, okay, we're not a Marvel podcast. Fucking stop. I know, I, I did um, first. Um, Inception. No, I brought up yeah. Strange, Strange Love, so... Inception. Yeah, the cast. You want to talk about the cast? Well, yeah, so I saw it at... I saw the film at the Village Hobart with my father who fell asleep towards the end of the movie and, and literally has still to my... Asleep. I do not know. Well, because can, this movie is very entertaining. He can fall asleep at the beginning. I I do sure. not understand how you fell asleep if, if, in this movie. But this if, movie is not slow. This movie is very very no, no, entertaining. No, no, no. But, but there's a lot of one explaining of the critics is like there's so much explaining. There's yeah, a lot more it, yeah. than wrong, but the first half is mostly people explaining stuff. So it's you like, get the second half and you get a bit more freedom. It's like watching one of those YouTube videos where like they don't really know how to make videos and like. You have someone talking, and they cut out every single space between sentences. That's what this feels like to you. A bit, but a good version because, of that. It's a good version yeah, of yeah. it, but it's a bit like that because they just keep saying things about things, how things work. They keep explaining everything. I exposition, feel like the exposition, exposition in this exposition. is much better than his other exposition-heavy movies. And, and I feel I'm like sa- it's much better than Interstellar and Dark Knight I think, Rises. I think this exposition, it's. I like it. I, I don't. I never found the confusion. Yeah, no, same, same. Although trying to exp- trying to explain it to my sister, <laughs> it was really hard. It was like yeah. she was throwing me some questions. I what was, was like, what was one of your favorite questions she asked? Well, the, the, 
Oh, one question we'll I actually it. have. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. All right. Well, cool. Should we? Um, are you Wait. talking about the cast? Yeah. Um, no. Well, what was I talking about? The exposition. The exposition. Yeah. Overload of exposition. Yeah. That's a real complaint. I understand for this film, and I understand, yeah, understand. someone might fall asleep yeah. on that because they're like, oh, so much talking. Oh, but having said that, it's but not like, like it's not like when Arthur is explaining the concept of a closed loop and a maze, nothing's happening. They're walking through a beautiful building, and then he walks her up the Penrose steps, and then you reveal the Penrose steps. When he's explaining how the fucking Paris, how the dreams work, he's, they're walking through Paris, and he's yeah. showing like. But it's not. The that's impact. not the issue. The issue is that there is no moment of no exposition. <laughs> In the first half an hour or forty minutes, it's a lot of exposition. Yeah, so you I know. Keep, you, you have to like keep up with it, and I understand if someone doesn't want to be, you know, because some audience members don't really want to be like thinking what's too the much solution? in the film. What's the solution? That you save all the stuff to when it happens in the heist, because then you're gonna have to explain it then. So I mean, no, it's, no, it's, I'm not saying I'm not saying ah. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not I saying know, it's my I problem, know. but I, no, I, but I'm saying to those people who say that, like. I think there's honestly not really that well, much of a way around it in a film like this. Their answer would be, don't make it so complicated. Yeah, but it's tough because this film is doing two things that are very fucking difficult. It is yeah. telling a story about... Um, I don't want to say metaphysical. It's, it's a scientific application of a device that lets you go into the subconsciousness... And it needs to ground that subconsciousness with a sense of emotional mm. reality. And then you need to have layers within that subconscious reality that stack on top of each other. You need to intercut those. You need to make each of those emotionally justified for the characters that are living those dreams. And you need to have the mechanical appropriateness of what you can do in those dreams. So you're not just dreaming up fucking abstract concepts every fucking second. And then you also need to make it a huge action movie that people are going to come and see and it's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, but like that's fucking hard. Yeah, but like, like the Wachowskis got so fucking lucky that the Matrix like hit at the yeah, perfect time. Lucky is a good word. <laughs> well, you watch the Matrix Reloaded. It's like oh wait, right. A <laughs> so if you'd had more money, this is what you would have made. Um, what was I gonna say about that? Is that yeah? For us, yes. we understand that a normal audience that likes twenty uh, twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. What were people 2010? watching? 2010. This well, moment. this is the thing I want to bring up. Is This is the year Iron after Man, Avatar. Iron Man just came out. Avatar. Yeah. Avatar has exposition on it. Huge like, amount of exposition. The reason people didn't fall asleep on it is because... I've heard um, a lot of people complain about Avatar's exposition. And I think there's more to criticise there than in Inception, honestly. Because Jake's voiceover often tells you stuff you already know. Yeah, but like... Like, um, he gets accepted in the tribe, and then his voiceover immediately after is like, they've made me one of the tribe. Yeah, people don't... But I don't think people say it's a boring film. I think people do now, when it came out. In 2010, no. I'm talking Avatar about when... Like, I'm talking yeah, when the movie came out. Yeah, Avatar Because people awesome. were amazed by yeah, the visuals. Right? Absolutely, yeah. This has really good visuals, but Incredible. like... It's so much exposition at the beginning that I understand that they might be a bit bored at the start. Cool, because cool. my sister told me that she started watching this film like a couple of times and then... Fell asleep like my twice, dad twice already. hasn't finished it as far as I know. Yeah, but like that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm trying if you're to say this. You should finish it. It's a very, very good film. But like you said, he fell asleep towards the end of it. I'm like towards the end of it. Yeah, and the second half. Exciting is, the second is half is on. maybe the most but, exciting like, like action film I've, like, I've ever watched. If you, if you fall asleep at the beginning, I'm like okay, a lot of it's not in the beginning. It's the second quarter is like the the boring bit. 
The first quarter's pretty fun. Like, everything yeah. up to when um, Ariadne joins the team is fucking great. Okay. Uh, oh. Characters. What, well, Characters. No, what are you going to uh, say? No, it's, you said Ariadne. As soon as the girl comes in, it becomes boring. Oh, so sexy. No, no, no. When she joins the team, when she comes back. Oh, I'm sick, I'm sorry. Before they, like, start doing the... Actually, no, fuck it. Every scene of this movie is kind of fun, because I even love... Yeah, no, it's... I've got I, to talk about I my, um, my like, really meta theory about what this movie is. Oh. actually Because there's the theory that everyone accepts, which is that this movie is an analogy for filmmaking, which I totally Oh, agree. my God. It's so, it's so obvious. It's true. Christopher Nolan's, like, acknowledged that, like, yeah, it's basically true. I just wrote what I knew as a kind of creative, and, like, you have guys who are, like, the heads of department, like... Do we want to just talk about this theory now? Like, what, is the, sure. what is the theory? Are we just going to assume that everyone has watched this movie and we're just going to talk about, like, the best bits of it and break it down who a little bit? Who hasn't watched this? Probably. You need to. Yeah. You need to. You need, we it's need to talk a, good, a little bit. Okay. It's a good movie to watch. Should we, should, let's talk about the cast and then we'll talk about the theory. So, no, well, no, no, let's talk about theories at the end, I think. Yeah, let's talk about theories we'll at the end. Because the there's yeah. a lot of stupid theories that I don't like. The wedding ring theory, I really I th- don't I like. I think the following theory... Kinda rings through. The following theory? Yeah, well you told me. Oh, that following is a dry run for Inception yeah. in a way. Yeah, it was sort of. Because w- the story of this movie is that Chris Nolan pitched this to Warner Brothers as a horror concept with, when yeah, he hadn't no, even written a script yeah. after he did Insomnia hmm. and before he was going to do Howard Hughes. And Warner Brothers loved it. They were like, show us the script and we'll absolutely want to work on this with you. And he went away to write a, um, a speculative draft and um, he thought it would take him like not that much time and it took him eight years to actually get the screenplay done. And then, you know, by the time he'd done it, um, Dark Knight was, I think, about to come out. That's so, about how long it'd take us to make a film. Well, <laughs> to make a film this good? Fucking 80 years. Um... But my point is that by the time he finishes writing the script, he has... This is the first, like, major... In the words of, like, um, a podcast that I love, this is his blank check. This is when he gets the opportunity to yeah, do no, I've heard this whatever before. the fuck he wants. Because, you know, the movie he makes that's not Batman before this is The Prestige. Which, you know, he made for, I think, $8 million. And it's got Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale. It's a, it's a good chunk of change. That's a fucking... Cheap ass movie. It's super cheap. It, like you, you'll see it when we. You saw it when we watched it that they reused the same set for every single fucking interior. Like literally, every single interior is the exact same set. It's really well hidden, but like, uh, how did they? Clone, there's one uh, street in the entire movie. How did they clone Hugh Jackman though? Yeah, no, they had to hire like multiple Hugh Jackmans. Like that was that was you know seven million went to the Hugh Jackmans and then yeah, paid one million for the rest of the movie. Christian Bale was like, oh Chris, I'll do it for you know. Pack Siggies and I'll do it, Chris. I'll I'll be in it for you. You know, you're getting good money from Batman. I'll just be in it. When was Les Mis Uh, I, I forget. I think 2013 is Les Mis. Okay. Okay. Fuck. My my joke doesn't fit. Thanks for reminding me about that film. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That is a much better Hugh Jackman um, period film. It also, Caden Leopold. What are other good Hugh Jackman period films? The X. The opening of uh the uh, the opening of the Wolverine. Um. Oh yeah, the only good scene of that movie. And, and that Origins movie. is a period film as well. Oh yeah, they go through every era. Remember when that could have been the movie? That was the original idea. Apparently, was that like it would what? have like five chapters and they would be like all the different wars. When um when I don't remember who it might have been Doug Lyman was pitched that 
and then he got fired and um bloody what's his name um gavin hood took over very good director gavin hood i i really like eye in the sky it's actually one of my not like not not a guilty pleasure but it was it was a thriller i really enjoyed from the last couple of years with um alan rickman's final performance all right cast so uh huge blank check so he needs a huge actor obviously to lend it he had to lend his face to it. Um, who does he fucking get? Yeah, uh, let me, let me foresee the pitch, but like, I'll not the pitch, how yeah, he yeah. thought of it. It's like, okay. How so, would so you the, the biggest, this movie? The biggest film that just script? came out. Have you read the script? Nah. The script is fascinating to read because it's so kinetic. It's like literally every line, every other line, he's like, and then we go, and then we jump to, and, and like he, he writes. And then? He, therefore but and therefore um, but no he writes really well like I, I don't want to understate this he is an amazing writer that's actually by far I think what he does better than almost any other writer director is he is a really oh, okay. clean writer with the way that he structures his stories hmm. like it's the one thing that everyone thinks about Chris Nolan is structure like he's he's really fucking good at that so he gets you, no, you're saying he, when he, he pitches no, no, no it's not a pitch it's that how he thought of it it's like okay so the biggest film last year was uh, Avatar uh, that director did Titanic <laughs> that's right Titanic had this actor let's just get him perfect writes yeah. itself yeah I know yeah oh I'm so excited that Kate Winslet is in Avatar 2 yeah yeah she's playing like a Navi character it's gonna be cool see them reunited <laughs> is she gonna drown Jake Leo's gonna <laughs> Leo's gonna play like a space tourist who comes to fuck all the young Navi girls. Oh, oh it's just gonna be I went there. It's just gonna be Titanic. My favorite joke Edward Norton has ever told is that you know whenever they went on like diving trips, Leo would be checking his phone to see what Israeli supermodel just turned eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Um, okay, Leo DiCaprio, fucking great in this film. Yeah, it's good. Like he he gets accused a lot of being a very showy actor, like. Particularly in like Wolf of Wall Street and and particularly I think in Romeo and Juliet. I think Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street's the biggest one. But you, you, how else are you gonna? It's like Scarface. How else are you gonna play this character? Yeah, it's like that's how the character's meant to be. My played. best, um, my be- my favorite, um, I think one of my favorite things Roger Ebert ever wrote was talking about critics of Scarface. He was like, people are criticizing Al Pacino's performance for being too like too hamstrung and too like too broad. And it's like, how else would you play this character? Too broad. <laughs> he's like, he's meant to be like a coked out Cuban insane man. Yeah. How else do you play him? Um, yeah, Leo's incredible in this. Like he's, yeah. he obviously hasn't won his Oscar yet, but but Nolan is doing the thing he always does now of um, stacking his cast with, you know, five, six, seven Oscar nominees and, and a couple of winners. Like Marion Cotillard is in this. Um, this is her first Nolan. Yeah, this is her first Nolan out of two. I thought yeah, she was in one two. more. Yeah, just two. No. Um, this is an amazing performance. Dark Knight Rises, we'll talk about uh, no. next week. Yeah, she's fantastic. Like, she's just won the Oscar for Lovey on Rose. We've got Ken Watanabe returning from um, Batman Begins. Who? It's weird to say this. I think Ken Watanabe is, like, not only great in this film, I think he should have gotten a Best Supporting Actor nomination. I think he's fucking awesome in this. Who was that? Ken Watanabe, Saito. That's Saito. Who is okay. the first character I really like him. I think he's he, amazing. He really I, good. I actually kind of think that Nolan wrote the role for him after he didn't get that much time in Batman Begins. Because he's so robbed in Batman Begins because he's playing like the most iconic villain mm. and then he's, you know, killed in the in the 
first five minutes after you meet him. I remember nothing of Batman Begins. It's going to be really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I love Ken Watanabe in this film. He's such an incredible actor. Um, mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his first Nolan out of three? Two. He's only in two. Yeah. Wow, he really got rid of a lot of people after Dark Knight Rises. Tom Hardy in his first Nolan out of all of them. He's been in every, except Interstellar, he's been in every single one. Well, it's three. It's three, yeah. There's not that many. It's three films with the biggest director well, on the Are any cool. of them going to be on Tenet? No. Nah, okay. No, even Killian Murphy's not in Tenet. Okay. Kane, Kane is the only one. He can't quit his um his cocaine. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, went to that restaurant, had a Fanny Branca and my cocaine. I think this is Kane's smallest Nolan appearance, probably until Tenet. Oh no, Dunkirk. In, Dunkirk. Um, he's literally in like in Dunkirk. He's, two he's lines, a voice. Right? He's a voice. Two lines. The enemy lines. had something about it. Yeah, yeah. He is like he is like you know a minute. Of and dialogue. in Rises, he's barely on it. Rises, he's in a, a lot of scenes, just in the first you know quarter but yeah oh well he's in he's this one he, in this one he's like he's what he's two scenes in this yeah film. yeah so it's he's yeah. barely on this as well yeah yeah um who else oh killian murphy obviously returning from um scarecrow in dark knight and mm. batman begins um fantastic we've got oh the guy i have to talk about in his final uh year on screen is the legendary pete postlethwaite who plays um maurice fisher yeah. Who is it? Was this? This was his second last film, and then he did the town. Uh, the town came out after this, mm. which um, is a really good film, and it's it's great seeing Pete Postlethwaite in that. Pete Postlethwaite is like one of maybe the greatest character actors who's ever lived. Like, have you ever seen In the Name of the Father, the Daniel Day Lewis film? No, no, I haven't. So good. We've got to watch okay. that. That will probably be one of my recommendations. Okay. Um, for the podcast eventually, like that is. Who else is on it? It's one uh, Daniel Day Lewis, and um, it's got a few. It's got um, oh um, it's got um, the great uh, Emma Thompson playing yeah, uh, okay. playing a lawyer. Yeah. Um, it's got a few good actors in it. Yeah, it's brilliant fucking movie. It's one of the best movies about injustice, like just pure injustice. And Pete Postlethwaite is like he's acting opposite Day Lewis in one of his best performances. And Pete Postlethwaite is every bit as fucking good as Day Lewis. Like it's an incredible performance. And you know he's he's so good in the Lost World Jurassic Park as the hunter. He's great. He's like the character I lo- remember from that movie. Yeah. He's meant to be the villain, though. No, he's not. He's, he's not trying to hurt the animals. You're not meant to do that. Nah, he's you great. Seen, he's got honor, though. So he's, got, he's got honor. Wait, you haven't seen this movie in a long time. That's... No, but I remember his character. Yeah. I love that bit where, like, the um, the, suit, the suit is on the phone. He doesn't die, don't forget, possibly. Yeah, no, possibly it's great. He walks away. He, 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 he walks has, away. Um, he has his, honorable... his best friend dies, so he, he just gives up. Yeah. So he has an on- honorable living of the film mm. because he has, he catches the T-Rex and, yeah. and leaves yeah his job's done it's like okay I'm done I like that Dieter I, I just, I've, been on too, I've been on too many tours with rich dentists to be on another wild safari okay so go about. ahead set up in the middle of a swamp for all I care All and also there's the thing about my fee you can keep it all I want is an excuse to hunt the Tyrannosaurus you know what a the, male a buck those scenes are my favourite from that film the hunting scenes he could sings. have literally been the entire movie. Yeah, should have been. Should have been. You should have, you should have changed that. Yeah. It should have been the whole film. The entire film should have been from the perspective... We're never going to talk about this movie. 
Um, the entire uh, about Inception. Um, oh, okay. The entire movie should have been from the perspective of the baby T Rex, and it's like living. It's, <laughs> it's like living dinosaurs. In, no, uh, for real. It's living on this island with its parents. It's having a lovely time. It's learning to hunt. Its dad's teaching it. You have them fucking speak. I don't care. Um, and then one day, Sorry. evil humans show up and start hunting them. And then you're like flipping perspectives, and it's like a fucking invasion of and, this sacred island. And there's a scene when uh, they take him to uh, San Diego. Yeah. And it's kind of like the Elephant Man. Yes. Story. Oh, it's pretty exhibition. And I'm not an like, animal! <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, but it's, like, it's like us a dinosaur, like... Rawr, rawr, rawr. Oh my god, it's so good. They put fucking... They make him do like a King Kong show where he's meant to like, you know, pretend to eat someone and he can't and then finally he breaks three and they're all running through the city. He's so fucking good! If only Spielberg had owned the production company that made the film. And he could have done anything. If only! If only. I actually don't... I think Universal owned it. I don't think that was an Amblin. I think, yeah, it's Universal. Amistad is his first Amblin. And mm. then, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Inception. Okay, oh, uh, we've talked about... Yeah, Hardy's fucking Hardy's excellent. Yeah, Hardy was the guy who, like, for me, was the most underrated actor for the years before this because he'd done Bronson and he'd done Rock and Roller. Rock and Roller was the first thing I ever saw him in. And then who I went back and watched... What the fuck? He's, like, the fifth famous British actor in that film. yeah. Like, everybody in that film became huge, except Jerry Butler kind of faded. Are they still trying to do the sequel? Guy Ritchie's talked about it. I think he last talked about it in, like, 2017, but then, you know... uh, Well, The Gentleman did really well, so he might go back. But I don't think there's that much demand for a rock and roller sequel. You know who I thought was going to be huge, but then didn't end up being huge? Was um, Toby Kebbell. Like, the biggest thing he's done is Kong Skull Island doing the motion capture of a Kong and he plays like a small character he's the guy who did like Cobra and Planet of the Apes and he was um, he he was Doom in the Fantastic Four remake he's a really great actor British actor I love him in um, one of my favourite movies Dead Man's Shoes oh that guy that guy I love him in Rock and Roll he's so good in Rock and Roll holy shit let's talk about Rock and Roll fuck man yeah if they do another if they do um, the real Rock and Roll the real Rock and Roll we've got to do it fuck Guy Ritchie if you're listening to this I know it's a lot of like fancy editing and yeah it's not it's not an amazing film but it's a fun film to watch it's very fun Sandy Newton's great in that Mark Strong is fucking amazing in everything but he's Fuck, you know who should be in a Nolan film? Who? The Strong. The Strong Man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that scene in Kingsman the Golden Circle where Mark Strong died actually made me cry. Where he sings um, John Denver Country Road. Oh, yeah. That's like a fucking incredible scene. I was like, holy He's shit. He's going to be alive in the next one, don't worry. Yeah, he definitely will be. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Strong is such a fucking good actor. Okay. Um, Beautiful head. Okay. Kick ass. Same year as this. We need to talk about Inception. Really? <laughs> we need to talk about Inception. Why? <laughs> okay. Um, we've, done, we've done the whole cast, right? That's everyone except for... Yeah, that's... Oh, except for um, what's-his-name from Avatar, who is also in this. He's only in two movies. Avatar Ooh. and Inception. The, the Indian actor who's in this. Oh, yeah, he's good. What is his name? He's fucking great. Oh, he's really good in this. He's really Avatar. good in this and Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> when Playing very on? similar Nothing. characters. Yeah, he's literally in no other movies. It's incredible. Um, we can talk about the, the old man... That is saying, oh, no, they come here to wake up. Oh, he's great! That African actor, he's, I assume he's African, probably Moroccan, because they're in Morocco. Oh, and of course there's um, Tom Berenger, who plays the uncle, who's, you know, yeah, <laughs> haven't seen his face in like 30 years. I love that he's um, in this. Uh, there is also the kids. We can talk about the kids. They have wonderful... Cats remember their faces. Did they, they recorded that once and they just edited it properly? <laughs> What do you mean? The... Yeah, that. 
Ah, the kids. Uh, maybe. Because it's the same movement in all of them. Yeah, the, the first movement. half, yeah, and then they get them to run out. Maybe. That's not a bad theory. Um, okay, let's talk about the beginning of the film. Let's start yeah, the opening the scene. Okay, I need to tell you a cool story about this. So, there's a the guy... actual dream, or... No, no. Flash forward the, to the end. The limbo scene. The limbo scene. Yeah, okay. well, it's both. They're both the same set. Which is yeah, one thing that they, confused me when I first watched the movie. Really? Yeah, it did. It didn't to me. They're I, exactly I, the same set, so it made me go like, well, wait a second. It's, it's intentional. It's the same set. I, at first, I was confused until you, re- you watched the end, and you're like, ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's gone back into yeah. that... He, it's his subconsciousness it's Saito's consci- subconsciousness so it makes sense that the architecture is the same I just wish it was like a different Japanese castle I actually like that it's the same castle yeah cool I think cool, that's cool. kind of the point I, I agree the, I, I know I, I know what it is yeah for yeah. sure it, it was just confusing until you realise it's night time and they're like in a different yeah they've jumped back in time um, something uh, I want to a guy I really want to talk about because this is the only movie he did with Nolan who I think is the unsung MVP of this fucking movie is um, Guy Hendricks Dias, who was the production designer. This was the only film Nolan's done without Nathan Crowley. He was busy on another production. I'm not sure what it was. Mm. But Guy Hendricks Dias got called up and he came to Warner Brothers to read the script and he was basically put in a room. This is how everyone describes reading Nolan's scripts. He was put in a room where a guy watched him to make sure he didn't steal the script and he had to just read it in one sitting and then tell Nolan what he thought. And he basically said to Nolan... I fucking think this is an amazing script. The only thing that I think is wrong is that at the beginning, the very beginning of the film, you've got this Scottish castle. But, like, Saito is Japanese, so I think you could actually make it a Japanese castle and you could have, like, and you could have the Japanese architecture because this film is so clearly architectural in the way it, like, represents how its characters think. And Nolan was like, it's a really fucking good idea. I'm going to do that. Someone had to tell him that? That's just, like... That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's great. No, I, I love it. It's good, it's good. That's but the it's, collaboration. It's... That's the power of collaboration. And fucking good on Nolan for admitting it was a good idea and using it because it made the film so much better. Because that set is fucking like, incredible. No! Fuck you. Yeah, literally. That That's the difference between like being a yeah. good director and not being a good director. Hmm. In a very small level. And I mean, Hans Zimmer, we'll talk about his collaboration later in the film. But like, the opening scene's fantastic. Like the opening heist in Saito's castle. It's just... There's one shot... I really wonder about yeah and it's um when the water comes in have you seen the making of you know that's the one yeah there's that and the zero gravity scene mm. those two I haven't seen the making of the zero gravity is incredible yeah yeah so how did they do that which the zero gravity or the, no, the water? water the water shooting up over Cobb it's yeah. literally just like eight giant water cannons that blow up they're, they're, yeah, that's what I thought. they're huge it, it's literally that's the only way to do it is you've got these giant things that blow through these windows with so that water. whole thing is a set yes of course holy shit man this 160 million dollar movie they're not making sets like that in Star Wars or Infinity War no Nolan it's, man yeah I'm telling you but if you think about it the thing that's crazy about this film is that Yes, there are huge sets, and yes, there are huge, um, like, crazy things they did, like the rotating corridor, but there's maybe more location shooting in this than almost any of his other big Hollywood films. Like, I was thinking about it watching Interstellar. Like, Interstellar is, like, maybe maybe at least 40% sets with the space stuff, and then the only real location you've got is the farm in Kansas and the um, planets. Those are all real locations, Yeah. But all the spaceship stuff is all the set. 
Yeah. So course. that's a huge part of the movie. And then even Batman, you've got like all the Batcave scenes, you've got like all the um all the Gotham PD stuff is there's, a set. There's a lot of, um, all the um There's a lot of stuff in the streets. But in Dark Knight. A lot of those are sets as well. So. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Batman Begins is all set. All of Gotham Streets are sets in Batman Begins. It's crazy. Um, it's one that movie feels a bit claustrophobic. Yes, yeah. We'll talk about it in okay. Batman in, We talked about it on the Batman Begins podcast. It was very, very interesting mm-hmm. to talk about that. Um, I, I do agree with that. I think Dark Knight is much better in that regard. Hmm. But uh, what I was going to say about this film is that, like... It's not like Nolan was stupid and said, oh, well, the dream version of this city is going to be like, you know, a block of sets. We're just going to make it LA. And we don't see LA raining in a lot of movies, so it's going to be LA constantly raining. And mm. we'll get to that scene, because that scene is a fucking nightmare, the way they had to film it. It's so impressive. Um, but yeah, like, even uh, with the dream sequence with Ariadne, it's just Paris. It's the streets of Paris. Which is another thing that is worth talking about with this film, is it's the first time Nolan is doing... There's a little bit of it in the prestige, but this is really the first time he's doing a globe-trotting adventure film. Like he's so clearly pulling from James Bond, not just with the final scene, but like hmm. with the way that the character goes from you know yeah, country I, to country, I, I, I like hopping around. Um, James Bond vibes, vibes. yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, the opening scene with Leo with the silencer and everything—it's so it's so Bondian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's using real locations, he's jumping between countries. He, he's very smart with the way that... Like, even something as simple as Ari- Ariadne and Cobb coming out of the water at the end... And this is one of the things I love about Nolan, is that they went to Morocco to scout for the uh, the Mombasa location. Is it Mombasa, Morocco? Or am I confusing countries? It might be. It might be Africa. Yeah, no, anyway, they, they were going to Morocco to shoot a scene, and um, they found those buildings that are used also in Skyfall. Like the, the you know the scene where they go Bond goes to the island in Skyfall it's the exact same place, really. Yes, it's the exact oh. same place. Oh, but what's cool is that the shot of Ariadne and Cobb. What they did was they just put down a bunch of water and then had these wave machines making the waves. Then they um, added digital extensions to the top of all the buildings to make those skyscrapers. So you can watch the VFX breakdown. It's incredible how much they actually did in camera and then just extended it with Paul Franklin and the team at um, Double Negative. So I have a question that yeah. might not be, it's not about the podcast, but like I thought of a visual. A while oh, back. please tell me. And it's kind of like, imagine it's like a dream sequence, kind of like, it's a fitting film for it. But like, what, is it possible to make like, um, like you're in a beach or like, kind of like the area in Interstellar with the yeah. water. Could you make it so like the waves all go to one place? Like a circular radial wave. Yeah. Towards could, the main yeah. character is like main character sun on the on in like the in water the center. and like or the waves go towards him. Yeah, definitely. That would be that's, a cool, that. that's a cool idea. Yeah, like I thought of it for a train sequence for something, but like that would be cool. Anyway, I, I had this idea for a horror film. Um, it was kind of like the fog, but like what it was eventually going to be is that like um, the, the fog waves. just it's like battle royale. The fog is just circling you. You can't get away from it. So what they were going to do is put on like these scuba masks and like get in a boat and like try and drive through the fog. You mean the mist, then? No, I've seen you carpenters the fog. Yeah, I know, but it's similar to the mist. Yeah, yeah, the mist. If you go into yeah. the mist, um, the monsters will get you. You can yeah. go through it, but yeah. like you, would, you would need to be really ready. Yeah, yeah. I really like the mist. Anyone? That... Good movie, yeah. Beautiful ending. Like, oh, that ending. Okay, um, jumping into the plot. So, yeah, Cyrus Castle bits, great. Um, they're doing that. It's kind of like a trial. 
to see if they're worthy enough. Doesn't matter, you failed. It doesn't matter. I've always hated this carpet. I, I shouldn't do Ken Watanabe's accent. It's very, very bad of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a trial to see if they're good enough mm. to, like, do the thing. The, 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 uh, to, the incept, to incept um, Robert Fitcher. Right. Robert Fitcher. Before I saw this film, I thought, well, actually, how the film is set up, it's kind of like... Sato's the villain. No, no, no. no. What, mm. I'm, what I was going to say is that it could have been, like, different heist. What do you mean? Like... Oh, he he's just going to steal an idea from someone. Like... I thought it was going to be a bit more like that. It's yeah. going to be like, what movie you starts, yeah. we need to do something, and then they, they, like, 40 minutes through the film, they go into someone's mind and yeah. steal something, and then they they come out and they have another chill time, they need to find someone else to go, and then the climax happens in another training sequence. I thought it was going to be a bit like that. Yeah. Instead of one really big heist. You know what this movie, I just realised, is really similar to, in a really strange way, is Raiders of the Lost Ark, in terms of structure and story. Because there's the opening heist, which is sort of like Indy stealing the idol. Yeah. And then, like, he gets the brief from this guy. Um, and then he has to go, you know, to, like, this this vaguely, like, Middle Eastern kind of African country where he's, like, trying to recruit people. He gets Salah, and in here he gets Tom Hardy. And then, like, the final, like, action scene is, like, the second half of the movie. Like, it, yeah. it, it's very weird. But, like, it's, yeah. they both kind of have the same principles. Oh, you hack... Christopher Nolan ripping off the best ripping movie off ever the made. Best movie ever made. <laughs> no, but, but I, just, I just realized that, and I think what you're saying about like the movie could just be another heist, but it's not. It's about like something that's challenging the character in a way that it hasn't before, which is the same with Raiders, where it's like that's this is I'm... the reason we're making a movie about this. This guy's been on a million other heists, yeah, and Indy has stolen a million other artifacts, but this is the one that is going to change him as a character. Yeah, and that's what movie. That's what mo- storytelling is. It's like you need to believe in the world before the movie started and you need to think about the world after the movie finishes, but you need to know why it's that section of time you're focusing on. I, I said, um, I sent you a video about, um, last week, I sent you a video on like, uh, how to write a script. Oh, I've got to and, and, they said, yeah, and the yeah. first thing was, I love that, uh, um, that then, channel though, um, Film Courage. It's, the first thing was, don't say then, it's just not situations and then connect them. It's about, one situation taking you to another. Yeah, the then next then, the next thing could not happen. But that therefore, just happened. like yeah, yeah, like I was like, oh, I, I know that. But then, but then the other thing that she said. But the other thing that she said was that, um, it's also about, um, character. Yes. Like if you take your character from the film, and change it for someone else that is completely different, the movie shouldn't work. Of course not. So you take Cobb, take him out of the story, you put someone else. And it yeah, you put Tom work. Hardy's character never would work. It couldn't work, right? And yeah. that's how you write the story. And I think this is a good example of that. Yeah. And how it is really a story. It's so focused on him. And I, it's something... One of my criticisms yeah, this so. time watching this, I kind of wish the movie focused a lot more on Fisher. Yeah, that's a and good if, criticism. If that was the film... like The perspective. Not so much the perspective, mm. but it was all a lot more about that because the whole thing with the father... Mm. I found very interesting. Yeah. So I would have liked that, see that film, if it was a lot more focused on that. But on the other hand, I also do like a lot about the fact that he kills his wife. Yeah. He technically kills his wife. Who Cobb, yeah. He merely yeah, it's, 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 it's the memento twist. It's literally the memento twist. He yeah. 100% killed his wife, even though a memento. And we talked about this on the memento <laughs> episode. He did not kill his wife. 
that's what everyone forgets. Uh, but like that's that's the I do like that a lot. But I kind of wish that there was a lot more focus on the Fisher thing because I I actually found it really interesting this time. This time I watched it. Yeah, the whole legacy idea. I mean, yeah. that's that um that's that hilarious theory um that I'll tell you about towards the end of the podcast that I have about mm. what the movie is actually about. Mm, yeah. Stay for the shocking revelation. And it's really funny because it's something that just happened in the world. Oh Oh my god, I didn't even realize this. But yeah, oh my god. Oh my god, this did just happen. Fuck. I've got to talk about this. I'm really curious about it. Okay, do you want to hear this? No, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Did you see the explosion thing? Oh my god, holy Holy fucking shit. shit. I I thought it was fake at first. No, that was... People are are dead. Then I was like... Hundreds of people are dead in Lebanon. I've seen like... But the crazy thing isn't just the explosion, but like... I was watching footage of people, you know, on the street and like all the yeah. glass on all the buildings is gone. Like the, the cars are being flipped. Like they are fucking like, it's so bad, man. One of the reasons I thought it was fake is because, um, I saw a video of the explosion and yes. then the cameraman panned back. Away, moved away, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, he, I, I saw was, like, I think, I thought he tried to hide. The shockwave literally hit him. Yeah. Um, uh, or the shockwave hit him yeah. and then he looked back at the... Oh, yeah. It, no, it was a guy that okay, one yeah, I saw, yeah, yeah. and then looked back at the, and the buildings were like destroyed. And I thought, ah, I couldn't just. That's unrealistic. Wouldn't happen like Who's that. Is this Christopher Nolan like, filming? He's just he doing like, everything Jesus practically. Christ, um, let's talk about films. Let's not get into serious stuff. Dude, it's so sad though. <laughs> yeah, should, yeah, I know. If we ever make money on this podcast, we really should fund like bad shit that happens in the world, that's film related only. Because of course that that explosion in Lebanon was for filming. Um, don't make that joke. Don't make it. Fast Furious Nine. What would, be the, what would be the worst thing that could have been for? That Tenant is coming out next month. <laughs> nah, Tenant would be worth it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Trump president. Bunch of people there. It's for Joker. It's for Joker too. It's for Joker too. They fired Todd Phillips and they hide. It's for Joker. Michael Bay. Two Joker. Two Society. Two Joker. Two Society. Um. Um, anyway, Inception. The uh, Paris scene is kind of the next big scene with Ariadne. Well, no, we need to set up the whole thing with like they actually are hired to, by Sido. Yeah, to, by Sido yeah. to implement. Oh, we forgot about line. Lucas Haas showing up for like one scene. Remember the infamous pussy posse that Leo is a member of. Which scene? Lucas Haas is the guy who rats them out. Who um gets like? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Great in uh, Looper and other films. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ryan Johnson works with him a lot, and he's um he, he's of course the young boy in Witness, which is a great mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, they hired to incept someone's mind. Yes, right? not um extract. He's an extractor, yeah. and they're hiring to incept. And um, I, I love that. Um, what's um Joseph Gordon Levitt's character's name? Um, I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Jesus. I know that all their initials spell dreams, which is cute. I don't think it was intentional, but it's cute. It's cute, yeah. Um, anyway, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is like, no, it's impossible. And then um, Cobb's like, it's not impossible. It's necessary. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so we get the, you know, the great... Um, and then, yeah, and then they accept the job. It's, it's the refusal of the call, and then the, if we had to do this job, we'd, you know... This is well, it's also there. Oh... We have to do this job so he can go, go home his to family. his family. Yeah. Even though the ticking clock is not there just yet, because oh, your your kids are your kids are gonna forget about you. Mm. It's it's only been one year since. Is is Mar- that said? Mar- 
I think so. I think so. It's sad. It's been one year since he's been away. Oh, that's not that long. I thought it's it was not longer. That long. Well, it can't be that long because they look exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that the kids How fucking sad the would the twist have been if the kids were like grown up, like an interstellar oh, type shit. twist? Oh, shit. That would have been... Holy shit. So much better. Holy and, shit, I know right? he likes a cute thing of like... You don't oh, see it's, their it's, a happy en- it's a happy ending. It's a definitely happy ending. The is whole it, twist with it's stupid. I'm it's, gonna... Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. No, no, no. Like, it's in the movie. It's not... That's not a twist. It's yes. explained in the movie. It's like... Yeah. Top, double spin forever. Yeah, it shouldn't No. Be. It's fucking Mars talking. I know that. People don't know that. They're stupid. They said it. <laughs> so what do you think the end? Should we fucking just... No, we'll yeah, get right. to it. All right. We'll get to All it. All right. But, um, they hire to do the job. And they hire Ariana. Um, Good try. <laughs> yeah, Ariane. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Ariadne. Ariadne. Yeah. Um, and then they hire Tom Hardy, which is and really what we should talk about. <laughs> In the because holy fucking shit, Tom Hardy is handsome in this. Yeah, this is like this is like before Tom Hardy started to look like a gorilla (laughs) in every performance. Remnant, he's just no lawless. Lawless is insane. He literally looks like a fucking silver. I went to Taronga Zoo over the weekend. There was a silverback gorilla. I was like, is that fucking Tom Hardy? (laughs) This is Tom Hardy being like, yo, I'm doing research. Shut up. The gorilla came up to him. Was like, of course. Of course, man. Um, chimpanzees were in mating season, and they were like, "Read yourself." Seriously, I'm not kidding. I saw like eight chimpanzees beating the shit out of each other and like swinging on ropes, like having a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean duel. Really? And then as soon as they were done, they like were just pinning down the women and fucking them. It was what? insane. Becky and I were watching this, and we're like, "Should we be watching this?" And I was like, "We, yeah, like we have to." It's <laughs> fucking. When are you going to see this again? We saw Actually, the tigers, like the distance of me and your lamp, like nice. four, three meters away. I, I Unbelievable. Lo- last time I went, the gorilla was very active. The gorillas, yeah. yeah. There was a silverback that was like huge. My, my sister told me that they took so many animals away last time she was Oh, there. wow. Compared compar- to the they've one moved, was They've there. moved everything now. So like yeah. the giraffes and elephants are all in different sections. And um, yeah, the platypuses are, are closed because they're in an enclosure and the Tassie Devils we couldn't get to. So mm. a lot of stuff's closed because of the best. COVID. Yeah, well, Becky's never seen one. She's yeah, it's the best. To. Seeing yeah. the platypus is the best. I've still never seen one. What? There's like a, t- a platypus lookout in Tassie that I went to like every year when we went up there and mm. like never seen one. It's great. I've they're, never they're, seen they're one in the really wild. really good. Yeah, yeah I bet wow. they're like, like the coolest animals ever. They're, yeah. They're fucking marsupials that lay eggs. Like, they literally defy all logic of evolution. They're fucking crazy. Um, uh, yeah. Platypuses are the best. Yeah. Um, platypus. Like, I wish I wish I, it was, like, domestic war. A platypus? Yeah. Be- Becky and I were saying, like, what's the animal you'd love to domesticate? I was like, I don't know. Fuck. Oh, yeah, I was like, I, you know how there's, um, you know how there was, um... Before Tiger King, there was, like, those guys who, like, owned bears and owned, like, you know, um, gorillas and stuff like that, right? Like, Michael Jackson owned a chimp. You yeah. know how there were those guys? Like, and now there's Tiger King, like, people own tigers. That's, like, their fucking... There's cool... uh, this Raw. Who's in Raw? Oh, the, the lions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, lions and tigers and shit. I want to be um, Great White Shark King. I want to actually own the most great white sharks in captivity. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> you can't. They, they're like orchids. They go insane. You can't fucking own them. So I want to be the guy who has like a fucking 18 mile long... Are you going to have Becky and your kids like 
make a film with the white socks and like no, no, they, no. they I'm gonna, fucking die. I'm gonna accuse my rival. Um, have you seen Tiger King? No. I'm gonna accuse my rival Tiger Shark like owner of like killing her husband and fucking feeding him to the sharks. <laughs> fucking Tiger King, man. Um, yeah, oh, I, I have a great shark story. What's your shark story? It's not. It's not. Should mine. we save it for Jaws? Are we doing Jaws? I, we'll just, have to do it's Jaws. A, it's a real story, a real life story, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, great! It was. It was. I a, have a good shark story too. It was a murder. Someone, uh, a guy, killed someone. Yeah. And threw him into the water. Right. Yeah. And what in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. It's like in Australia, not yeah. Sydney, in Australia. Right. Right. Gold Coast. And they actually caught, uh, caught him. The mm. guy that the, the guy that did it because the shark vomited his leg, vomited his arm. The tattoo had a right? tattoo. They were fucking unique. insane, right? Insane Holy story. shit! And I'm like, how is this not a movie? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. We need to do Australian short, like like you know, tales. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Hmm. We should so bring that back, but like weird Australian crime stories because there's so many I know from like yeah. you know, Nathan's brother amazing. and stuff. Yeah, like each one's like you know a little thirty minute. Yeah. If um if it's a match takes off, hopefully I'll get. Yeah, I thought of a great um sister show to It's a Match called It's a Rap, which is like the worst filmmaking stories from like sets that we've all been on. Because Christine has so many that are fucking insane. Really? Oh my god, I heard some great ones. I heard this one about this eighteen-year-old girl who like um signed up to do two weeks of filming in South Australia and like was so excited, went out there. It was a porno. They never told her, but like it was what? a porno. Yeah, they they. Put it this way, she didn't really ask and she didn't read the script, but like it was, a, it was, a, script. It was a porno shoot. And um, they asked her on the first day, uh, so who's going to be in the splash zone? Because you get paid extra. And she's like, yeah? So for two weeks in the splash zone on a porn shoot. What's the splash zone? Guess. Oh. <laughs> it's something I'm thinking. It's so fucking Oof. gross. Holy shit. Oof. Um, anyway, uh, the Mombasa scene, we get the next kind of action oh no no Paris Paris fuck the movie is who thinks this movie is boring in the first quarter oh it's fucking God. great we have so much to talk about we need to alright something something I need to address so you get the scene of uh, of Cobb and Ariadne sitting at the table right and he says that thing of well dreams they feel real while we're in them right it's only when we wake up that we realise something was actually strange uh, you never really remember the beginning of a dream right you always wind up somewhere in the middle of it yeah and she's like yeah and he's like, so how do we end up here? Well, we... Oh. Think about it, Ariadne. How did you get here? Now, this is something I need to say about Nolan. There is a filmmaker like Quentin Tarantino, who's the most obvious comparison, who his characters watch movies. They talk about movies. They're engaged in pop culture, right? That's Tarantino's like sort of gimmick. Mm-hmm. Is that the characters feel like they're in their own world, but their world has the same pop culture as our world. Yeah. Nolan does something different. Where he sort of brings the logic of filmmaking into question and has the characters almost acknowledge it but they're not talking about filmmaking they're talking about the reality of their world but like for example the joker wears makeup the joker puts on an outfit he puts on a costume he buys his own clothes and he uses theatrics in the same way that the movie is using his theatrics same in batman begins how he talks about theatricality and deception powerful agents like um, even in um, The Prestige, they are literally putting on moustaches and costumes and they're making themselves into a character. In Memento, he like picks his own clothes. He is making himself this character. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nolan very consciously is talking about the, artif- the artifice of filmmaking and telling the audience, 
I am pointing out to you what is weird about filmmaking, but my filmmaking is so fucking good that you're not even going to care. It's not even going to take you out of it. So, like, you watch that scene in Inception, and it's fucking insane that nobody... The, the, the scene where, 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 where Cobb yeah. says, so how do we end up here? Yeah. Like, comparing dreams and films, literally, how the fuck did nobody do that before him? In that obvious a way. I know people have, like, last year in Marion Dad and all these other, Elaine Renee and all these guys. It's like, people have done that, but mm. nobody's done that in that obvious a way before. Yeah. Okay. Which may be a criticism of Nolan, because his style is very obvious. Like, with the way he explains stuff. But... It is pretty pretty cool that like a big Hollywood movie like that is playing around with things like that. Hmm. I heard this great saying. I think it was um, might have been JC Shandor said this, where he was like, um, "Movies are either puzzles or dreams," and Inception is sort of a combo of the two. Um, it's more of a puzzle than I a understand dream. that. It's but much I, more I, of a puzzle. I think movies are more like puzzles. To be honest. Yeah, but then you watch a movie like, um, you know, Studio Ghibli movies aren't very puzzling. They're very dreamlike. Yeah, because... Avatar's not very puzzling. They don't really have... But no, when I say a puzzle, it's more like, not for the audience, but for the filmmaker. Well, I'm thinking for the audience. Oh, okay. Puzzles or dreams. E.T. Then, yeah, e. I, I guess a there's, a lot, there's a lot of dreams yeah. then, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah fair yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Talking yeah. about dreams. Um, something I... No, it's definitely Ariadne doing it. I just love that Ariadne is able to just fold the city like a New York slice. Yeah, imagine if there was an action sequence set in there. That was my one criticism of the movie, is that, like, when I first saw the movie, when I was, you know, um, 12 years old, uh, 14 years old or whatever, the bit where Ariadne folds the city in half got me so fucking excited for the finale. Because I was like, how are they going to use that? And then when they get to the city, the LA city, I was like, oh my god. They are going to fold LA in like half and they're going to fight. And there's going to be a gunfight with people above above and people below. That would be the fucking coolest shit ever. It doesn't happen. It doesn't Um, matter that it doesn't happen. It just would have been cool. I'm going to say this now. This is me. What you just said. I'm so excited to see this in this film. This is me with Tenet. Yeah. I'm so excited to see crazy action sequences going back and forth on time if there is nothing that impressive I'm gonna be We've like seen it I'm in gonna the be in, this, this trailers looked amazing though I know that but I, I think there's gonna be a lot of time bending shit I hope it's literally the plot of the movie it's literally the plot of the film but I, I feel like it's not gonna be used as much to impress the audience it's very strange I know that they're trying to make Robert believe that he's in a reality but it's very strange they don't ever really manipulate the environment in the um in the dreams at the end. Like, there's the one bit with the paradox that Arthur does. It's Arthur. is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character's name. Where he, like, bom, runs up the stairs. Yeah. Bom, paradox. Bom. He just murders a... Oh, it's not a guy. It's a fucking projection. But, like, projection. It's pretty cold. Why, why are you even bothering to say something to him before throwing him? <laughs> anyway, it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> um, you've seen all the comparisons to Perfect Blue, right? The anime. No, because I want to see Perfect Blue. I, I have not seen Perfect Blue. But I've I, seen I'd rather see Perfect Blue before watching... Some of them made me go, like Oh, wow, Nolan definitely got inspired by this. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, fucking, it's, not, it's much less obvious than Darren Aronofsky literally taking shot-for-shot shot things from Perfect Blue. Jesus. Like, literally, um, there's a great bit where they lined up um, Requiem for a Dream and Perfect Blue, and it's and Aronofsky's acknowledged that he did that. But, like, 
It's exactly the same. What was the other case that it was exactly the same? I forgot. Kimba? Except it's not. Except it's not. It's not. It's not. You've seen the whole thing of yeah, like oh yeah, 90 so minutes funny. against 3,000 minutes. It's so funny. And you can find comparisons easily. And yeah. then the, you well, saw what the, is the, the other thing that we're thinking of? Ah, uh, there was one that was really big, but I've forgotten. But, oh um, yeah, Volcano and Dante's Peak. <laughs> but yeah, Deep no, Impact and Armageddon. Kurosawa and Leon. What? You can do that. You can do it with anything if that's how you're stretching. Kurosawa and Leon the Professional. Oh, Leona, no, Leona, yeah. They could bat the ugly. There's so many similar shots. Yeah, it's true. But whatever, they're both great films. I really want to read the Harlan Ellison story that Cameron, um, that he claims James Cameron ripped off for the Terminator and see how similar oh, yeah. it is. Anyway. And see how it has one thing in common. Yeah, it has a time-travelling <laughs> robot. Probably yeah, is the one it. thing, yeah. Um, to be fair, no, nah, no, nah, <laughs> fuck that. Um... Uh, yeah, so the Paris scene is awesome. Uh, yeah, did, anything else you want to say about that one? Not really. Can right. we, um, whether you want to jump up, jump to... I think we should jump to the Mombasa stuff just because, again, it's cool to see Nolan doing What do you want to action? say about Mombasa? Well, it's, it's worth first? saying that this film isn't IMAX. Like, this is... He, he does IMAX in The Dark Knight. I don't think there's a single scene of IMAX in this. I know there's some 70mm aerial photography yeah. for, like... The train at the right, beginning. Not IMAX in this. No, this is not an IMAX film, which is interesting. I think his action filmmaking is a lot better in this one. I think he, he's always been improving since Batman Begins. Like Insomnia is the start of him doing action. I still because th- there's no action really in Memento. I still think Dark Knight because the action is so simple to me is the most effective. I think Dark Knight the... actually has the best action of any Nolan film, easily. Yeah, yeah, easily. It's, 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 fucking it's the best it, action film ever made. Will you say that? The spinning in, in Interstellar, it's an action scene. Yeah, 100%. That to me is one of the best action oh, scenes. Oh, yeah, but... That's just crazy. Yes, I agree. That's a crazy I agree. Scene. The truck scene in The Fucking Dark Knight is the coolest thing I've ever watched in my fucking life. Every single time I watch it, <laughs> when that SWAT van gets knocked in the ocean, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Every oh, single time the Joker takes the fucking bazooka, I'm like, that holy fucking just, shit. Oh. Every single time the fucking <laughs> helicopter crashes, I'm like, holy fucking shit. Every time the truck flips, I'm like, holy fucking shit. It's the best. It has the best fucking, like, oh, everything. Even we just, talked about even, it last even, week. Even, even just a simple thing of, like, the guy aiming his gun and then the real Batman appearing and, like, oh. in it. Oh. Swear to me. Um, the SWAT guys falling. Oh, you know. oh man. Oh, what a great film. Jesus I, I, I'm going to break the fucking logic of the podcast and tell everyone. We're watching Dark Knight tonight and we're both yeah. really excited. Oh. <laughs> really excited what to watch it again. Film. Um, Jesus. Anyway. Okay. Inception, Mombasa, Mombasa. It's a good, yeah. good scene. So the Mombasa action scene, I think it's, um, I think it's really good. I think it's a really fun chase. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask you, who are they? The guys chasing him. Yeah. It's the people he failed the job at the beginning for. Wait. Cobb was meant to get Sido's information. But he didn't. He didn't get everything he needed. But, but... I thought that was Saito's... I thought that was intentional. I thought it was Saito hiring him to do that. No, no. Saito let him in so uh, that he could see if he could... You know, Saito knew that they were going to like steal from him and then he let them so that he could find out if they were good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Saito that actually hired them to do it. No. No, no. They were hired by a company called, like, I think it's Cobalt International. That complicates things a bit. A little bit, yeah. 
Because that, that would have been a cool twist. But but what it what it is for is that at the end when Maul's like, you realize that you're chased by men around the world the same way that the projections chase you in the dream. And it's like, it's meant to make you think, oh, maybe. Maybe it is all a dream. No. It was all a dream. You know the theory no. that in this scene where he's um testing the drugs that this is where he goes to sleep and he doesn't wake up for the rest of the movie? The rest of the movie is actually set up by Michael Caine. To try and give him a happy ending. Have you heard that theory? Yeah, no, I've heard of it. <laughs> so, like, I don't I like hate it either. All those kind of theories. Me too. It's the same thing with the Matrix. No, I no. Shut up. I don't hate them. I like that people are thinking about like. But like, like I, that. I just don't like that type of storytelling. It's like the Matrix. The, the whole thing, the real world, is also still part of the mm. Matrix. It's like no, it, there's nothing wrong it with just the movie. Makes it, the story a lot more boring. There's nothing wrong opinion. with a movie like having ambiguities that you can like. Th- put theories into not really like the movie is the movie is really fucking good and there's like lots of directions you could think about it okay <laughs> I disagree but yeah, okay yeah, that's cool um so yeah what you said they go into the they go to see the chemist after the yeah. foot chase and mm-hmm. um and most importantly Saito comes along for the rest of the job yeah and um my favorite, actually, my favorite line in the movie is when Saito, they're talking about the plan, and Saito, and they're like, we'll have to be on a on a big airplane, and they're like, well, you'd have to buy out the whole staff, you'd have to buy out everyone, and Saito's you like, to buy the plane. I bought the airline. I bought the airline. It seemed neater. It's, yeah, it's, it's something like that. It's like um, Nathan Crowley and, and uh, Paul Franklin, like Nolan's heads of department arguing, how are we going to do this? And Nolan's like, I bought the airplane. It oh. seemed neater. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the fucking lieutenant, right? I've gotta got do that meme now before anyone else does. If you listen to this, don't make that meme before me. Um Alright, uh yeah I gotta talk about this theory. It's this point in the Okay movie. Okay. You're Christopher Nolan. You have done three films with Warner Brothers. You have a very good relationship with them. Who is Warner Brothers' biggest competitor in movies at this point? Who have just made the biggest movie in the world? I don't know who made Avatar, the, so... Y- yes, you do. It's Disney? No. They got bought by Disney. Oh, Fox. Yes. Yeah, okay. Fox has just so made right. the biggest movie... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because right now it's just Fox, Warner Brothers Fox and Disney. So made, like... Fox made the biggest movie in the world the year before this movie comes out. Called Avatar. Yeah. Christopher Nolan fucking hates Avatar. It's 3D. It's bullshit. He gets approached he by the executives. Avatar? Yeah, probably. He gets approached ah. by the executives of Warner Brothers. The interview with him and James Cameron's really good. Um, he gets approached by the executives at Warner Brothers who are like, um, are you going to do your movie in 3D? And Chris Nolan's like, fuck that. I'm not doing Inception in 3D. Instead, you know what he thinks? He thinks, you know what I really wish I could use this dream technology for? I wish I could go into the mind of James Murdoch and make him break up Rupert Murdoch's empire. So what Uh, the fuck is Robert Fisher's motivation in this? Robert Fisher, the son of an Australian mogul. We never find out what he does, but they are flying to his funeral in Sydney. No, they're flying from Sydney to his funeral in, um, in L.A., Sydney to Sydney, Los Angeles, longest flight in the world. This guy in Sydney, Robert Fisher, uh, sorry, Maurice Fisher, old, ballsack-looking dude, looks really sick and ailing, obviously a cunt to his son, very loosely looks like 
follow me here, Rupert Murdoch. And Killian looks very loosely like James Murdoch, son of Rupert, who was positioned to take over the News Corp Empire. Then what happens? Fucking... He decides to break up his father's empire at the end of the movie. It's what he decides. He breaks up the movie empire. He breaks up 20th Century Fox, sells it off to Disney. That's what happens at the end of Inception. What happened yesterday, Gabriel Blackman? Yesterday. Ten years after Inception, what happened oh, yesterday? yesterday? Yesterday. What happened yesterday? On the, uh, what is it? The 4th of August, James Murdoch announces he is stepping aside from News Corp and turning down his father's legacy. Christopher Nolan used his fucking Inception machine <laughs> to break up 20th Century Fox, sell it to Disney as a favour to Warner Brothers. I'm fucking telling you, he developed the dream machine for real, went into James Murdoch's mind, and that's what the plot of Inception is about. <laughs> it's like James Cameron financing Titanic to, um, no, using Titanic to finance his trips to the fucking bottom of the ocean. Christopher Nolan used Inception to finance. The fucking film probably cost, you know, $40 million. The rest of it went into the dream technology. So, so you're telling me that right now... Yes. Um, after that's happened... Yes. Uh, Christopher Nolan is either trying to <laughs> go into a black hole or trying to change, make time go backwards and forwards. Yes. Right? He, he probably yeah, yeah. actually made time go backwards for the Tenet film. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking insane, right? It's, yeah, it's the fact that he's an Australian business mogul whose son is in line to take over the empire. It's the year after Avatar comes out. Warner Brothers is like, oh, fucking 20th Century Fox. If only we could break up their empire. And Nolan's like, oh, maybe I'll make that a little plot in my film. And it's like, it's so fucking obvious. I, I've heard nobody make this comparison and I'm fucking convinced that it was intentional. I'm fucking so convinced. <laughs> the only thing that would have been more on the nose is if, like, fucking um, Jack Thompson played... Um, Maurice Fisher. Like, if it was an Australian guy. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's my Inception theory. I don't have any others, but I believe it's about Warner Brothers trying to break up 20th Century Fox. And they accomplished it. Ten years later, they fucking pulled it off. Within a year, Disney buys 20th Century Fox and fucking... Uh, James. James Leaves. James um, Leaves, yeah. How's 20th Century Fox doing? They've still got Fox Searchlight doing some indies. I, I don't know. I really couldn't tell. Well, like, how, how do you think a leader sequel is apparently happening? How they do Jai Courtney confirmed. I mean, they were doing pretty badly. They were doing pretty fucking badly. They because had a the lot, whole of, thing of, lot like, of huge flops, like all the X Men flops. Well, like the whole thing of like um, a leader. But you know, you also have to think of like it's not just that side. I, I know about the whole company because. I actually but don't unlike want... Disney, they don't have a lot of external... Well, The Simpsons, they've got like their TV stuff. Uh, yeah. The thing is that I don't actually want... No, The Simpsons is Fox. Yeah, no, now it's Disney. I'm talking about Warner Brothers. Oh, sorry, how's Warner Brothers yeah, doing? Yeah, how's Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers doing great. Because I don't want that dystopian future of Disney, of Disney owning everything. Well, Netflix and Apple owning everything. That's what we're looking at. Do you hear that rumor that Apple is trying to buy Disney? Literally. Much? For a trillion dollars? They have it. Apple is the only company who could do it. Yeah, I know, but for a trillion dollars? Apple is almost Jesus worth a trillion dollars. Christ. Apple is going to be the first trillion dollar company. It's fucking disgusting. I was watching... Um, I was watching... Tim, Amazon's going to buy drilled. fucking Warner Brothers? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Honestly. Oh, man. Can't wait for Jeff no Bezos. Owns, is, no, Sony is... on. They're, they're on their own, right? Yeah, Sony's their they're own company. Me. Well... Yeah, no, Sony's their own company. They own 
I don't think they have a parent company. No. That I can remember. That's, that's another really, really big company. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they own MGM, Columbia, all of those. Yeah. They, own all, or they, own, they own a heap of movie companies. Yeah. And then um, Viacom owns Paramount. Hmm. Warner Brothers, I think, is the last one that is owned by, like, the original group. Like, Warner Media Group still owns Warner Brothers wholesale, I think. Okay, we need to watch and that's Warner literally, films. <laughs> But that's literally because of... Um, well, that means we have to see Wonder Woman. I was watching Wonder Woman anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. Why do you think I saw fucking Justice League? To support Warner Brothers. <laughs> support the brothers. Support um, them brothers. Yeah. Where is the Justice League to, uh, remake going? It's next year, right? It's like, like next is, is July. Is it going to be... HBO, it's HBO Max. HBO, okay. Yeah. So, um, Pirate Bay for us. <laughs> <laughs> they, I really hope they release it theatrically. It's five the, the, hours. The, the, what? I've told you this what? three times already. It's no! Five Are you fucking kidding? Five hours. It's fucking five six, hours? It's five hours and six episodes. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Movies that are not five hours. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Titanic. Avatar. Fucking... Avatar. The Inception. The Dark Knight. Movies that are not five hours. I don't know. Fucking Shawshank Redemption. The Godfather. Or both Godfather parts are not five hours long. Are both Infinity War and Endgame? No! Five? No, they, they don't get there. No, they don't get there. Fucking no, five they, hours? They, they do get there. Make fucking it. five hours? Yes, yeah, five hours long. Jesus Christ! I think you knew that. No, that's fucking insane! I'm not gonna watch that! I'm not gonna watch Aww. a fucking superhero movie the length of fucking but it's show. It's gonna be a t- like a TV show. Fuck that! I'm not watching that! Aww. I want to watch the Justice League movie. I didn't want to watch the Justice League TV show. Fuck that. Six episodes. Fuck that! Five hours. I didn't long. Watch, want to watch Justice League Chernobyl version. Fuck that. It's dumb. Why the fuck are they doing that? Okay, yeah, I, I just watched the 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 boys, isn't you? Did you see the trailer? Like, came out. You yesterday? just watched it. No, I'm gonna watch it. I, oh, I'd rather watch that. Yeah, Did you see the trailer? Came out yesterday. No, I haven't watched any of the trailers. I'm trying to avoid them. Oh, really? I I, I saw one, and I'm just Wait, like, like they they put out a bunch of clips, and I was like, I just don't want to watch anymore. I just I just want to wait. I don't I know why you can spoil from it. I I, I want to wait. I saw this clip that said like whale fight, and I was like. Fucking don't show me that! Oh, I want to yeah. fucking see it. I wish I didn't see that. That's I right. want to fucking see that, that in the show. That's the only thing I, I saw. Wish they in didn't the say that. That's yeah. the one thing in the trailer I saw that I'm like, I wish. I, I watched didn't the first few that. minutes with the black and white fight, and I was like, yeah, cool. I, I don't want to watch anymore. Just literally, just don't show me anymore. Line lady. You yeah, Stormfront. Yeah, the yeah. the selfie clip that was cool. Um, um, okay, I need to. We need to talk about Hans Zimmer on the subject of uh, just. No, no, no. Why though? Do yeah, you no, know no, no, why? No, no. This I know. Is yes, fucking I, I, insane. I actually went to YouTube, put on the song, put it to twenty five, yeah, and it's like, it's right there. Yes, it's the same thing. Okay, we it's need to explain amazing. this to people. So Hans Zimmer has worked with Nolan for two films now. He's done Dark Knight and um, Batman Begins. Now, Nolan has talked about how with Hans Zimmer and their collaboration, Hans Zimmer will write the music in advance. And mm. then Nolan will edit to it, but won't like force Hans to like retime stuff for the movie, which is, is is a way that a lot of composers of a lot of filmmakers have worked, like Sergio Leone and um, and others. And 
one of the things Nolan said was, I think it was even in the script, that um, this Edith Piaf track was the track that would sync them up in the dream. Because when you heard it in the dream, it would be a lot slower and you got a really distinctive sound. So what Zimmer did was literally slow down that song and find this really, really fucking fundamental chord, which is the boom, boom, and turn that into the music of the film. And it is fucking insane to me, especially because that's not even the best music piece, like Time, Hans Zimmer's most famous music score that comes in at the end of this film, which is like one of the best pieces of music. Yeah, I know what it is, but I can't... Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 I, I heard it yesterday. I don't know why I can't remember. Dun, dun, okay, yeah. dun, dun. It's like what Hans Zimmer plays at the end of every concert. Like it's his most famous piece of music, except for maybe the Lion King opening. Um. Anyway, the point is, I'm just gonna tell you. I'm gonna put it in clips of the music. <laughs> like of like even previous music nah! we, we even piece of music we, we like uh have mentioned the interstellar one we just tiny bits yeah, yeah, yeah. cool cool <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah. but, like um it's the road to tenet so the thing with the music, with the, the how the, the fuck did Hans Zimmer not win best original score for this? What one? Let's fucking check. This is what we <laughs> do every check. week. Let's check. I want to fucking know. Let's see if I can find <laughs> it quickly. Keep talking about other well, stuff. What, what, yeah, the thing with the, with the French song is that it has like tun 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 right, and that's the yes. Like if you listen to it on zero point two five on YouTube, that you can do that now. It actually sounds the same. It's incredible. It's it's a really clever way to do music. Oscars too. Because um, yeah, there was there was a really there was a really famous video that came out around twenty twelve or something like that. It was all the trailers that Mm -hmm. had yes on the trailer. They all parodied it. Yeah. Well, they all and like and and Inception was always the like oh all the trailers are the same and it's like yeah. First of all, District 9 was the first one to do it. Oh, shit. Second okay. of all, before, okay. before you said that, second thing is that in Inception, it makes sense because it's the slower... Yeah. It's the, sl- the slower bits of music. Like, in the third dream, it would sound that slow. Well, no, in the second dream, it would sound like that. Do you want to try and guess? It came t- out... T- 2000- tell me the movies. Tell it came out 2010. No, you, you, you know what one. But there were films that came out. 2010. We watched it together very recently. And you hadn't seen it before. It's one of my favourite movies. It's directed by maybe the only other director that film bros love as much as Nolan. Not Tarantino. 2010. Gone Girl? Good guess. When is that? No, yeah, 2014. It's 2014. It's a very good guess. Is very it, is good. David Fincher? Yes. What did he do in 2010? 10. It's maybe, uh, I called it on our podcast, on our podcast, I called it the best film of this decade. Which it is. Best film of this decade. Sums up our decade so perfectly. We've argued that he should do a sequel to it. Oh yeah. Based social on Network. Yeah, Social Network. Which, okay. I think Inception's score is more iconic. I think Social Network's score is way better. I don't remember this score. Oh man, I love it. 
I love social networks for. It's also much more inventive, I have to say. Zimmer's trick is fucking incredible. Well, the thing with social networks sound is so fucking incredible. Social network is good. Don't Finger needs to make more more movies. He's doing one this year. It's amazing. He's he has never, except for his first movie, which he had no control over. He has never made a bad movie. Never. Yeah. Every movie he's made. How many good. has he done? Okay. Um. Let me count them off. So Alien Three doesn't really count. Seven. The game. Um. Oh, he did the game. Yeah, the game. The game. Oh, fucking that's right. The game fucking rules. Um. Then he, he does. Here, then right? he does Fight Club. Fight Club. Um. I think there's one in between. Uh, Panic Room. Yeah. Zodiac, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, oh, so- yeah. The Social Network, um, Go with the Dragon Tattoo, Gongo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking incredible filmography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I missed one, but yeah, no. And then, you know, House of Cards, Mindhunter. How, how many is that? How many movies? Yeah. It's like seven, maybe? So it's like close to Nolan, really. Way less prolific, yeah. Nolan, Nolan did them all in super tight frame. Yeah. Like, think about this. The year that Fight Club comes out, Nolan's doing following. Isn't that what? crazy? Yeah. 99. They wow. both come out the same year. Oh, that's right. Isn't that crazy? You know what's even crazier? Following and The Matrix come out the same year. <laughs> Isn't that weird to think about? <laughs> that's weird. 99, again. Best year for... I think uh, following's technically 98, to be fair. In- Memento is 2000. Fuck, The Matrix. Yeah. Second time we mention it. Okay, let, let's... Yeah, yeah. Let's keep... Just um, we've been recording for so long. Wait, oh like, my god! <laughs> okay, let's should we just get into the dream? Fast, like, okay, fast, level yeah. one of the dream. Level one of the dream. The LA stuff. The way they fucking filmed this. Yeah. It's all rain machines. The entire thing is rain machines. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to count next time you watch the film how fucking long they're in LA. The entire thing is rain machines. They're, but the even crazier thing is they wanted it to be overcast. So fucking um, Wally Fister, oh Wally Fister, and the key grip on the film literally had to block out the sun all day long while they were filming. And you watch this footage of like these giant flags they've got on top of buildings, like blocking the fucking sun. It's all rain machines. It's all rain machines. Fuck. Kurosawa would fucking like bow. He'd be like, "That's impressive." His what was bow? Like he would kneel. He would. He would. He would lay down on the ground and be taller than Nolan. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, yeah. So this dream, I don't have an issue with. Level one's great. My qu- what my sister said. Yeah. Yeah, this is the funny thing is that uh, as soon as the people started like shooting at them, yes. So it was like, why? What? <laughs> what? Why are they shooting? Like, and I said, oh, because his mind. They're gonna explain. Brain, right? Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, but like. It's a dream. Why is it like... Why, uh, why I'm like, I'm like, oh, they, they organized it. And like, she was asking questions. It's like... And then I ended up saying, well, it's an action movie. He pissed it as an action film. Yes. So I, you need to have action. If it was just the dream sequences and they were no bad guys. Yeah, instead there's like a giant fissure like picking you up and throwing you out of the dream. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like a bit more like... It seems like a very that. inefficient way to get people out of your mind. Like, yeah. why like are they not in tanks? Why are they not in like helicopters like Blackhawks with like miniguns? Yeah. They send, I, 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 know they are, I, would, I would want my money back if these guys were my military security, my okay. mind security. And one, one thing that she said is that... Um, okay, so it was like, well, if Saito knows about... You know the whole thing with yes. like mind security. Mind security. Shouldn't Fisher know it too? And I was like, 
Maybe not. It's just like, well, he's one of the wealthiest men in, hmm. in the world. He probably would. I'm like, yeah. And then it found out that he does. And then she said, well, if the subconscious, subconscious hmm. knows what's going on and they're like attacking him, wouldn't he like realize he's in a dream and like try to like fight them? Fight them? But then they use it against him. That's, yeah, that's what yeah. I said later. But I'm like, yeah, well, it's so much. It's a bit more the subconscious. Mm. You, he's still not realizing he's in that dream, right? In yeah. this dream. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, he just thinks he's being kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a, in the real world, and he's not. Yeah. A trick in this movie that I think is actually really cool is that you go so long without cutting back to the plane that by the end of the movie you actually forget, almost forget that you were in the plane. I never do. I, I know, but like, it's just very. It would have been very easy for them to like go to an insert of them on the plane, but they don't. I'm just, oh, like they do in uh, Interstellar. Exactly. Going into Earth, it's like, why is this edited this way? It doesn't fit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like, for um, as much as Nolan loves to intercut, I like that he restrains in this. So they go down to level two, which is the hotel. Level two is the hotel. You've seen the which... fucking set of the bar, right? Yeah, the that. bar set is maybe as impressive to me as the rotating room. Just because of all the fucking... Oh, rotating room is more Rotating room is insane. But, but like, like... You've got all those extras, all those glasses, the fucking tiles, like everything's slanted. It's how come, so cool. How come the hotel isn't as action-packed as the other children's? This is a bunch of security guards with single handguns and not machine guns. Well, this is my like argument of like, the, these dream security aren't very good. Like, level three is like a full military. And it's like, why didn't you have that at level one? Yeah. Because the idea is meant to be as they go deeper into him, the security gets bigger. But it, no, level one, they're like really fucking armed. Level yeah. two, they're like a couple of security guards. <laughs> level guys three, the it's like and then level three is fucking an army. Russian army. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, one thing I'm not sure I really like is the single throwaway line in the first room, mm. which is. Uh, the thing with the limbo. Yes, we drop like, into limbo. Oh, if you go into the limbo, you go into someone else's limbo, like into. We go into the unconstructed limbo. dream space. The only thing that's down there is whatever's been left by anyone we're sharing the dream with, which in our case is only you, Cobb. Yeah, and it's like that sounds very convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty convenient. <laughs> and I had to explain that lie. to my sister later when they go back into the limbo. They was like, wait, wait a second. I'm like, yeah, there was a throwaway line at the like an hour ago. That explained it. The thing that the movie doesn't really okay. This is the pro. This is a problem. Not not a problem with the movie, but just a problem with audiences. Is that you're meant to assume that the dreams are sort of fantastical, like they're not like normal dreams we have. But if but you need to also remember that every time these people are waking up, they're forgetting they're in a dream. But that doesn't work because the team is always aware they're in a dream. But Fisher is not meant to be. And the whole point of limbo is meant to be that you wake up, you have no idea why you're there, and you think it's the real world, and you can never leave. But that's not really... I don't know. It, it, it's is that it, what it's meant to be? Because otherwise, how the fuck do you get stuck in limbo? You'd immediately kill yourself. Yeah. You, yes. Right? That's right. All you need to do to get out of limbo is kill yourself. Well, no, no, but it's kind of like... No, I get it. I get it. It's kind of like when you have a dream, and you think it's real. Yes. Even though things are not appearing to be real you yes. still think it's real and then you wake up well that's why Cobb ruins the whole thing at the end by not killing Mole even though she's obviously not real and Ariadne's like she's not real and he's like how do you know that it's meant to be like you lose track of what's reality and what's not yeah 
But that's never really a problem for the team until the story needs it to be. When is it a problem for the team? It's never a problem for the team. The team always ah. knows that they're doing the mission. Yeah. It's not like they wake up in LA and, and uh, you know, Tom Hardy's like, Oh, hot dog stand. <laughs> hot dog Turn into a gorilla. Why is it raining? This is never rain some fucking. I've got a bulk up for playing Bane in two years. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not like fucking Leo wakes up with um with fucking Ariadne. He's like, are you eighteen? It's a good joke. God damn it! It is good. Okay, fair do, enough. Do you, want to good. Make, do you want to make you real? Do you want to make you feel like you're flying? <laughs> I'll tell Jens to build another set. Don't <laughs> do worry. Think, do you think on set Leonardo DiCaprio is ever like, like Chris Nolan's ever like, oh, really hope this film does well at the box office. And Leo's like, ah, trust me, it's never going to do as good as Titanic did. Yeah, remember Titanic? That <laughs> movie Titanic. that opened number one for and that, uh, 90 goes, days consecutively. He goes to uh, Ellen Page and he's like, do you know what's in Titanic? It's <laughs> <laughs> like Killian Murphy. How are those Ken Loach films going for you? It's, it's like the South Park joke of like James Cameron's song. Yes. It's like James Cameron, the greatest pioneer. It's like kind of like that constantly. Everyone's like tired of hearing it. It's like, you know, do you remember, Ti- you remember when I was acting on Titanic? I was so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, let's sell this on mic right now. Leo's performance in Titanic, yay or nay? Yeah, yeah, I like it's it. It's fucking great. I like it. I, I don't like get Titanic. people who don't like Leo and didn't fucking. I don't get people who get mad about fucking Patterson and I don't get people who get mad about Leo. Because of Titanic. Well, Patterson is not good in the Twilight movie. I, I know, but like people who still get mad about him now. Yeah, I think with like Christine still thinks he's a bad actor. I'm like, yeah, got to like, watch fucking Good Time, dude. Christ. So good in Good Time. Holy shit! I can't believe someone told me that. Someone said, "Oh, I started watching Uncut Gems. I wasn't getting into it. I was like, you fucking idiots! You need to watch the whole film. It's the best film of the last ten it, years. It is. Oh my god, it's so good. I watched a bit of it the other day and I just watched the whole thing again. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so good. Uh, hey, I know. I'm gonna come. Howard, you did it. I know. I'm gonna buy you a fucking plane. I know. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> What'd you do? What Give me bags doing? now. Give me bags. That's so good. It's All so right. good. Level three. <laughs> the hotel. Level two, the hotel. You know, you know what they tried to do that um, I think kind of worked was give each of the dreams a very distinctive look, but I don't think they went far enough with one and two. I think two. Could well, have no, been no, I think different. it's the other way around. I think three went too far ahead. Oh yeah, three is so different. I love three. Three is by far my favorite part of the movie, just because I'm a fucking Bond nut like Nolan. Really, I, I love think, three. Uh, I don't know. Fucking Hardy on the snowmobile with the guys, and he throws the fucking C4 to the one guy, <laughs> and then he fights that one henchman for like twenty minutes. <laughs> I love how all of them so fucking useless there's this one henchman who's like the fucking TR8, TR8R of this fucking movie who like beats the shit out of Hardy and okay. Hardy only wins because he fucking gets his gun back and kills him like a fucking pussy I actually do have a thing yes tell me your thing I don't know if it's a problem or if it's something I didn't get okay yeah say it is that um, they're afraid they're gonna be stuck on the dream yes they said oh it's it's a week uh, 10 months I think and then 10 years because like um, they can't kill themselves to wake up right but in limbo they kill themselves to wake up <laughs> but they can't, you can't go beyond limbo I guess are you sure? I guess do they, do they know that? Uh, I don't know that's an issue the whole thing of like oh we no they don't kill each other they just do a kick oh they fall the fall is a kick 
as you fall ah, in, you're right, it's you're a right. kick. It's not they don't kill themselves. But like, sure it's still, what I'm yeah. trying to say is that they would eventually the hostess is gonna wake them up. It's not hostess. What is it called? Yeah, stewardess. Stewardess. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. wake them up eventually when the ten, when the ten hours are up, right? Yeah, but. That's yeah, my, that's another question. Are they gonna yeah, start? no, that's a thing. That's a thing. Is like there is no fucking tension when you really think about it. This movie has literally no tension if you really think about it. Well, no, it. they have to do. They have to complete the mission before they get to Australia because Cobb can't uh, to to LA because Cobb will be arrested. I mean, I guess they don't want to be stuck in the third room for ten years. But it's it's you know Cobb did it and he's fine. He he was there for like seventy years in limbo, right? It still sucks. Kind it of. It sucks. I don't know. You get to but fucking build whatever you want. No, the tension is that the Indian guy, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. He so can't nice. last long enough in the first ring, right? That's why he has to do the kick. Because uh, if, if the subconscious scene become aggressive, that's right. The subconscious is going to become aggressive with you eventually. Yes. Right? Yes. They weren't expecting them to have guns. Yes. But like, yeah, they eventually, the Indian guy was going to like, Drive off the bridge. Drive off the bridge and make the kick and they need to synchronize the kicks yes. to get out. Right? So that's the tension. They need to get out really. with the kicks, yeah. My, my other question is... Then, then it's, they, like, they, they, it's like they, you're they, watching them pull off the coolest movie you've ever seen. That's literally what it is. They're like, we need to fucking make this really cool. It's like, like Mission Impossible. It's like, we need to do this really cool fucking thing. Okay, and Otherwise, then... Yeah. But then they spend a whole week in LA then. What? They spend a week in LA in the first ring. That's the consequence. Well, no, no. After, after the kick with the band, mm. they just wake up and they're there. And they spend the rest of the week, the 10 hours of the real Oh, world, you're right. Because they, they wake week. up on the side of the river at the end. That's yeah. true. So they spend a whole week in LA doing stuff. I guess fighting. <laughs> oh guys. my God, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, legit. What do they do? For like all that. No, it's not a week. It's like, it's like. For, it's like two or three weeks. No, no, it's a week, a couple of months, and then ten years. Ten years, I yeah. think. I think it's something like that. I ten years of skiing. Sounds fucking beautiful. Oh, fuck I'd do yeah. that. Fuck yeah. I don't care if there's an army fighting me. I'd be like skiing so good. The problem like... is that uh, uh, DiCaprio will ignore Paige after the first year. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Anyways, the third room. As soon as we got to the third room, yeah. you know what my sister said? What? And why are we in color to it now? It feels a little like that. Why are they in... It's a bond. It's a bond layer. It's literally modelled on but Her Majesty's Service. Why would they make it harder for it's them? It's a fortress. Why would they make them harder? It's like, you definitely plan to have security, because otherwise this would be really boring. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, if the security wasn't there, they'd just walk up to this cool-looking fortress and go in. And it's like, Why not you just... guys definitely planned for this. Yeah, it's... it's that, that was... That's what it's it not anticlimactic it would have been if they just showed up and just walked up to it and that was it. Yeah. There's some subconscious and there's just, oh. Boop, 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 boop. What was the story going to be before the, the security showed up? <laughs> like, were they just going on a <laughs> skiing trip with Fisher? Yeah. Like, oh, look, giant fortress. Let's go look inside. Oh, it's your dad in the safe. Oh, uh, we, we got three days until we have to, until the kick. Let's just ski around for like three days. Why does Fisher not find it weird that like, He's in the middle of this like ski heist, and then his dad's in like a safe. It's a dream. I know, dream. but he's not meant to know it's a dream because then the fucking inception wouldn't work. Yes, 
Um, I know there's that line, dreams, they feel real while we're in them, but it's only after we realize things are strange. If I was having a dream tonight, and I was in a fucking ski battle with Leo DiCaprio, and he lured me to a fucking safe, was like, go in, and then my father was on his deathbed, I'd be like, hang on a minute. This was a bit of a jump from what we were just doing. But... All these no, bad no, guys no, no, protecting no, no, my dad. No, no. That's, that's my dad can't afford this kind of security. No, no, that's not how it works. The whole thing, how it works, it's... Um, that's safe? Yes. That's literally meant to be... Fisher's subconsciousness. But, like, everyone has a safe, and that's meant to be where your information is, where you can place... Where your deepest secrets And where you put... And, and that's where Cobb puts the... To trap Maul, yeah. No, no, for Maul. Yeah, 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 to, to yeah, trap her mind, yeah. Right? So as soon as something is there, it's kind of like... It's directly into your brain. It's not so much... They've created it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you wouldn't... Well, yeah, Hardy says that line, I really want to know what was in there when they failed the mission. Because yeah. they actually don't know, yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's true, Gabe. That's very true. Good on you for protecting this film from any scrutiny. <laughs> this film that is number, it, it number 10, number 10 like, on IMDb. If you think really hard about it, it's like, it, it kind of makes sense. That's, that's kind of the defense of this film for everything, is if you really think about it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> But that's better that's, than that's, that's better than most movies. Like, why the fuck is the Matrix set in the nineties? Because they're shot in the nineties. Like, but you think about it, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense because that's when they. Why that's the fuck? Be, that's before the machines started becoming really prominent. Why do they? Do, are people allowed to fuck in the Matrix? And do people get pregnant? And if they give birth, yeah, yeah. are the babies real babies? Um, I guess no, you wouldn't. Just give, AI. I guess you wouldn't give birth. It will. It will have. Uh, Miscarriage. That's really fucking dark. Holy shit. I guess. I really hope Matrix 4 addresses or, that point. Other, Holy shit, that the, was really dark. No, 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 no. But the Matrix is meant to be like... A, a, it's meant to be a loop. It's meant to be it like... Is, yeah, just, yeah. just the same thing over and over. So I, I, I've of... watched Matrix 3 like four times. I still don't understand what the Matrix is actually meant to do. It's it meant reboots. to keep the minds active. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. By giving you really bad day jobs. If they want the Matrix to work, they would have made it a fucking ski resort. No, they, they explain that. But there's, a, there's a, ski, a ski resort as well. It's meant to be the real world. You sure? Yeah, it's meant to be, right? I want to I go to like the cool parts of the Matrix then. Not fucking Sydney. Imagine I being stuck in Sydney. Sydney. cool. That's not that cool. I'd rather stay, be stuck in Sydney than so many other places, to be honest. Well, we are, so enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Queensland closed completely from New South Wales and Victoria. Yeah, yeah of course. And we were like, fuck yeah, off, yeah. Queensland! You know, there were three cases in Maryfield, like, in this area. There was one in Surrey Hills the other day. Yeah, so... But the, we might be evicted. The numbers, like... No, I'm not, because I've been stuck on, in here for, yeah, like, the numbers, a while. Yeah, the numbers are still, like, around the 14, 17 mark. So, yeah, we're, okay. we're not, we're not Melbourne. Bad. We're not Melbourne yet. I really, no, I really hope we don't get there. Um, Inception, and then, you know, they, they finish. But we have to talk about the, the hallway. Oh, it's great. It's a, like that sequence just... I think the zero gravity is much more impressive with the elevator it's the, more the elevator the elevator zero gravity is fucking it's more incredible. impressive but like the the, the the visceral nature of the hallways yeah so it's just good. so much cooler I love the fact that the way that because they did two angles of it where they were, there was one on a um, you know a um, on a crane where the camera's in the middle and the room rotates and mm. the camera sees the rotation 
But then the main angle they use is the camera locked on the floor, and you don't see the room rotating. You just see but them. But they also move the camera in, in there. Yes. It's so impressive. It's so great. Yeah, it's like um, it's literally like magnetized to the wall. It like moves on a little. It's like a little robot that moves. <sighs> so fucking cool. So cool. That's but the fact that you can't see the rotation at all is like fucking crazy. Yeah, like the first time I saw it, I didn't realize what's going on. Whereas if Zack Snyder did that sequence, hundred percent, the room would be rotating counter to it, the it, camera. It would start to be like the, the beginning of the scene would have been like you see the rotation. Yeah. instantly and yes. then and then the camera would like turn in the other direction mm. to make it like even cooler but like this is just seamless we shouldn't just... shit on Zack Snyder so much he's not a bad director he made some he has movies. a lot of issues though oh His definitely filmmaking definitely the, yeah this shot is just so impressive crazy there's a reason this one um, you know best visual effects and best cin- yeah yeah Wally Fister won best cinematography for this yeah it's a beautiful looking movie. The shot, my favorite shot in the whole movie, is when you first meet Robert Fisher, and it's a very like Chinatown esque shot of like him against these slatted windows, and he's just in perfect silhouette. I'm like, fuck, Killy mm. Murphy is pretty. <laughs> you want to see it? The scarecrow. Such a nice shot. The scarecrow. And, and didn't realize until this viewing that Tom Hardy's in there. Yeah, in that scene. Yeah, this is where he like figures out how to get into them, and like, yeah, here it is. Okay, they they pull off they pull off the job. Uh, anything about the limbo scenes and the mole? Well, it's it's the memento thing. We said it earlier where he the twist is that he's the one who, just like Batman is the one who causes Rachel. Like Dawes it, death, it, it is just his it's fault. a Nolan it's a Nolan well, thing. He does was Batman. Is it his fault that Rachel dies? Kind of. No. Kind of. No. It's much more clear in Memento. Memento is literally yeah. you. Um, it's you're the reason and you've lied to yourself that you're not but okay. you are the reason okay question yes why are they in zero gravity in the second dream but not in not the first in the, not in the third oh yes he's not grounded yeah like no the person dreaming, dreaming is not grounded he's not the one dreaming yeah no I know he's not him I, I forgot it's that. um it's Tom Hardy dreaming. Tom Hardy is not grounded so, where is the gravity coming from? It's Fisher. It's Fisher's dream. Yeah, yeah. A Fisher. Where is the gravity coming from? Because yeah, the right. answer is, Gabe, the answer is, zero gravity snow, much fucking harder to make. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just, they tried to make snowballs and attach them to wires, but they would melt too quick. So it was like, oh, God damn it. Nolan was like, we just, uh, I don't want to use CG. We'll just... Hope people don't think about it. And people don't think about it. I, no, dare, I'm I sure. dare you, if you ever meet him, I dare you to fucking ask that. <laughs> I would love, I would love nothing more than to see his fucking reaction to being asked that. <laughs> he would call me a punk and like. I think he'd, I think he'd just be like, you know, I just said, you know, fuck it. Thought that only idiots would notice that thing. Clearly, I was right. Clearly, um, I don't want to. That line, good, bad, and the ugly. It, it, see you soon. Eh. Yeah, and Eastwood takes it. Idiots. <laughs> he means you. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Holy oh, shit! What a, what a great, great movie. film. Okay, um, okay. Question. Literally yeah. amazing. Like, I, I love how this podcast is just us another... sucking this movie's dick and then being like, "Oh, the fuck! Nothing makes sense." I still love this film. With even if I have problems with it, I think it's a yeah, absolutely. Time. It's a fucking incredible. Like film. that sequence when they synchronize the kicks. Ah. Oh! The oh, music, the bah, fucking. Bah. I think I think Nolan has never been smarter than to just not fucking say anything and just have Hans Zimmer's music carry the entire final twenty minutes of this film. Yes. Okay. Question. They all have the kicks. Yes. What about Cobb and Saito? 
Don't they need kicks? No, that he looks at the gun, so they kill themselves, but that doesn't make sense. They would go to the third rim. They would but go no. they would go to the limbo under limbo. They would go to the limbo of the maybe, third rim. Maybe dream. he walked him up to the fucking balcony and pushed him off. But no, no, but the, the third rim is not going on anymore. Where, where would they go to? I have no idea. But Ariadne says it. She's like, he'll find a way. Maybe, maybe they were in. The, no, maybe they grew to be old men together, like Sido said. <laughs> Filled with regret because they're all awake when Cobb wakes up at the end. Don't forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So like, maybe they literally were in there as no, old no, no, men together Sa- for a hundred years. Saito gets like- the gun. He gets Saito picks up the gun very clearly, like to kill himself. I, I Saito became a, an old man. Yes, filled with regret, waiting to die alone. Um, he could have been there a thousand years. Yeah, because he looks he, like he's been there a thousand like, years. You reach a point of your getting old that you wouldn't get older. You could You wouldn't be a skeleton, <laughs> would you? Well, no. The the thing <laughs> they say is walking around. Thing that I think Hardy and someone else says something like, "You you will go insane if you're in limbo that long because your mind just can't take it," and that's like the reason he has to go down there for Saito. But yeah, you're right. They never address how they actually bring them back other than killing themselves. But killing themselves shouldn't work and even the kick shouldn't work. Okay, let's let's actually it write this work. scene. It would work. Limbo. If- they go up to the balcony. So it was like, I'm an old man. Cobb's like, fucking see ya. Shoves him off the edge and then swan dives into the fucking ocean. Level three. They walk up a fucking avalanche cliff. Dive off together. <laughs> Level two. In the hotel. They fucking like suicide out the windows. Level one. They dive off the bridge. Done. Okay, no, no, you know... I really wish that scene was in there. It makes sense if you think that they actually... Because Limbo, the time is meaningless in Limbo, right? Sure, yeah. It makes sense if you think that DiCaprio suits him Hmm. and they die or like they do the kick while the kick in the third room is still going on because time is meaningless, Hmm. right? Yes. Okay. How is that for an answer? Big, bigger question I want to ask you. You know how at the beginning of the movie, Cobb washes up on the shores of Limbo? That's my other thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, as if, as if, as if he, he just, just, woke, just up. woke up in Limbo. Like they do with Ellen Page. But they say in the movie, Limbo is... The only thing down there is whatever you shared with the other person, which in our case is only you. So... But it's Saito's dream, because it's the dream from the beginning, unless they've, like, created it. No, but Saito must have created new things. Well, he's created those guards who, in Limbo, we never see other people. And all of a sudden, Saito has... Oh, yes, he has security. He's militarized his brain. But... Because he has security in the opening dream as well. Yeah, but... Wait a second! Why does Saito not get personal guards when he goes into the dream in the mission? If he has security. It's not his dream. I guess that's true. But no, no, but no, wait. But Mark comes in, which is... Uh, DiCaprio's subconscious shouldn't Saito's uh, security kill security her come in as well no because he's trying to do a subversion and have a femme fatale yeah you're right fuck wow wait well, but no okay who's Cobb wakes up at the beginning yes does he leave his limbo and go into Saito's no it's, it's one limbo it's one limbo so did he just dive in the ocean and just wash up on Saito's yes beach? yeah right that's literally what happens literally what happens and it must have taken him five days because he doesn't look older. DiCaprio? Yeah. He's got like really bloodshot eyes. It looks like he's like fucked. He's been awake for five days because he was in the water. He yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that movie. 
all is lost with like Cobb from Inception being like, and he can still oh. he can still create, right? So he probably uh, ended up on the Titanic first, and then that sunk again. <laughs> oh my God! Is Titanic the middle chapter between the final scene? Titanic of- is just what happens between. Um, no, he first he, he goes, goes to like he goes to like the Irish dock where James Cameron is down there in limbo building the ship for real. Then he wins the game of cards, gets on board, says goodbye to his best girl, washes up on the fucking side of shore, and then he's like, I'll "Come back to remind you of something." It's been you know my heart will go on. No, what was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care about Mile anymore. I fell in love again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking hell, it's genius. So, okay, so solved everything. This movie is a movie that makes you think, but don't think too much. About yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, that's unlike, such a perfect way to say it. Unlike, a movie that makes you think, but don't think too hard. Something like, uh, you know, I'm Memento. Sorry. Memento. No, no, no. Something like I'm sorry, the, uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I was bored in that film when I first watched it. Yeah, I didn't think much about it after I saw it. And then I started thinking about what's going on. Yeah. And that's when I started pl- uh, plucking plot holes sure yeah, yeah yeah i don't just look for plot holes i just saw a bunch of plot, uh, i saw in a video a bunch yeah, of yeah. plot holes from the last of us part two sure and i was like oh i didn't i didn't even you think didn't about it because i was so entertained by it yeah and this is the same in this film really entertaining film flawless filmmaking i think yeah the, the craft of this film is maybe more impressive than most films that have been made and in the it's, last 20 years same happened to me in rises that kind of rises oh yeah it's like Craft. Amazing craft. Incredible story. Right. We'll talk about it next Interstellar. Dunkirk doesn't really doesn't really have a problems in the story. It's just no Dunkirk is perfect. Yeah. As we'll discuss in a few weeks. <laughs> right. So um yeah. This movie is great. It's fucking great. Regardless of plot. It's one of the best action whatever. movies of the last, you know, last couple decades. Yeah. I don't like it more than The Matrix, but I think it's easily the closest thing we'll ever get to a spiritual oh, sequel to it. The like they, they definitely mark they definitely use like the marketing of The Matrix as inspiration for this. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's Warner Brothers. Hmm. I wonder who will be the next guy to do like a big dream like fantasy movie. Oh, I mean, like, everything. Uh, well, okay, great. that's the thing to talk about is like what were the films that tried to rip this off? Because the most obvious one I think of is Sucker Punch. There's a bunch of films that try to rip it up. Yeah, like no, 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 and I'm thinking The Dark Knight. Yeah, well, that even more there. It's like, like Dark Knight. Every movie tried to rip off The Dark Knight. Well, I wonder why. Um, yeah, no, um, Sucker Punch. What else? Sucker Punch is easily the most obvious. It's a hard movie to like replicate. Lucy, no, to a degree, is trying to do oh, Inception. Yeah. Lucy's definitely trying to do the Inception thing. Even um, Wally Fister's own movie, Predestination, is sort of ripping a bit of this off. Yeah, yes. Predestination, yeah. Predestination, definitely. No, not Predestination. Um, what's it called? Tra- uh, trans. I'm thinking of Wally, F- the Johnny Depp one, right? Oh, Transcendence. Transcendence, yeah. Predestination doesn't really rip off Inception. But no, it, it is kind of trying to be that twisty. It is very Nolan-esque, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love Predestination. I think that's a fantastic film. Such a shame they did um, Jigsaw. And then Winchester, which I still haven't watched. Is that them? That's Spirit Brothers, yeah. Who I love. I, I think they're amazing filmmakers. Um, yeah, Inception. Great fucking movie. Can't think of, I can't think of any more movies that... Do you want to, to, do you want to hear something really funny about the explosion of the castle at the end? I know it, but yeah. They... What do you know? I know that they, that's a real 
Oh, you mean the Japanese castle or the the the, the, um, the snow fort? Yeah, the snow fort. Yeah. yeah, they tried to blow it up and it didn't blow. It up. fucked up. It fucked up. And then the, they did it with the miniature and it also fucked up. And then they had to do the miniature again. They, they built the miniature that is like three huge humans. It's it's like, like two one, humans. Tall, yeah, it's huge. It's like, like one twelve scale or something. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to blow that up, but it didn't work. And <laughs> they had to make another one. Yeah. But like, imagine that you're trying to blow up a building and and it goes wrong. It goes wrong. You can't go back in no. because it might collapse and any is a second. So like you can't like set up more explosives. So it's like just it's like. But that's that thing that I, I, That's that thing that I in the future fuck this. In the future, I'm gonna talk about that on the Dunkirk episode about how Nolan uses very sparing cutting of like his big action scenes. Like even the fucking truck flip in the Dark Knight, it's not that fucking long. No, that's like. But like it doesn't look that impressive. Zack Snyder doing you know that same scene. Slow motion, the entire the Terminator Genesis, literally slow motion for the entire bus flip. There's like five angles of it. You know what I mean? He he yeah. doesn't he doesn't get precious about this shit. Yeah, and I really respect that about him. And I think that's the best way to end this phenomenal fucking movie. Love it. Should have won Best Picture. Should have won. No, fuck. Social Network should have won. Uh, what won? Fucking King's Speech. It's funny to think that Christian Bale won though for the fighter, think, which is cool. Uh, it's really funny about all these films that. Have one best picture and it's like that's not the movie people remember from that year no 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 I mean the last one that was unquestionably the movie of the year was fucking No Country but it was up against There Will Be Blood so it's even that's like crazy how crazy is it I, I think I've said this I don't before know, I think two I, movies shot in the same place at the same time produced by the same guy released in the same year both went up for best picture and both easily could have won both of them are some of the best. But both films. of them, are, they are two of the best American films ever made. Yes, I still think that *Will Be Blood* is better. Better, I think. It's I better. think that *Will Be Blood* is. No best. country is just so fucking tired. We just watched um, *Fargo* last night because Becky'd never seen it. And we watched. Oh, the film. Yeah, the film. You should have seen the film. What? You idiot! Why? So you saw her the Season TV one. show, yeah, and then you watched the movie. Then you didn't, so you didn't get the whole thing with the money. Then the money's like one little bit of it. But when the first time I saw that, no, it was like she, the she shock to me. She appreciated the film so much more after watching the show. <sighs> in a while. I don't know. I think I think the order is to watch the film first. No, but she didn't want to watch a film. She wanted to watch like a TV show. I was like, you should try Fargo. You probably like it. I mean, yeah. I. It's sorry a, if I'm a shame. bad movie boyfriend. I can only do so much. It's a shame that she wanted. Like it's a shame that you might not want to watch Fargo the movie. Yeah. Until you watch the TV show. Well, that's the problem. Is that oh, I don't want to watch that movie. Oh, this TV show looks really good. Oh, I, I should watch the movie now. And it's like oh. But the thing is, the movie doesn't get worse because you watch the TV show. The movie no, actually I, no, maybe I, gets better. I think that the TV show gets better if you watch the movie. That's my that's argument. True. The TV show gets better. The movie's a good way to fucking end it though. The movie is mm, the movie is so. Are you guys gonna watch? Cole Brothers might genuinely be my favorite American filmmakers. Like, are you guys gonna watch more uh, Dallas shows? Huh? The other shows? The second season two and season Yeah, we're three. like halfway through season two. Okay. Yeah. You have to tell me what you think of season three. This is a bit of a recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been watching Dark, as I mentioned Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark's so good. Um, very, very Nolan-esque. It's um, a few things I'm not really liking. I think the first episode, you know... Very, you very just, bad. Have you seen it? I don't like the first episode. First episode sort of ended how the second episode ends. Yes. With a kid. Oh, oh shit, this is the past. Yes. Right? That's, sort of, that's how the first episode exactly. ended because I would not have seen more if it wasn't for my sister. That's I, I don't love it, but Russian Doll has a really good twist at the end like that that I really like. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the first episode. And yeah, Dark is good. Fucking phenomenal. I'm just afraid that Dark 
The whole thing with Dark is... I've only watched like the first five episodes of season one and I'm fucking okay. loving it. I haven't finished. I'm, I'm up to season apparently seven. Apparently season three is... Episode seven or something. Season three is fucking incredible apparently. Apparently it's like the best Netflix show. You just keep watching because it's, it gets interesting. My problem with it is that I feel like it's going to be like a mystery that it's not going to wrap up for a long time. Apparently it does. Well, apparently season three is fucking incredible. So like... Okay, but the thing with that is that it's clearly inspired by Strange Things. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Stranger Things, what I loved about the first season is about it was a restraint. So story. contained, yeah. And the problem with this is that I feel like I'm not going to get many answers until season three. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I Do I have any recommendations? I've watched a lot of old stuff. Like, I watched... Um, I watched The Man in the White Suit, which is this great old... Uh, I think it's a Franklin J. Schaffner, but it's um it's uh, Alec Guinness playing like a guy who invents this suit that will never get dirty, and then like big fabric, big clothing like tries to fucking kill him. What the fuck is this movie? I need the man to in the white movie. suits from the thirties. Oh, I need to watch this. It's fucking incredible, great movie. What the? That's you know, amazing. Castle Explosion. Yeah, um, I need to watch American Factory. It's a oh my it's a god! I need to watch that. Have I told you about it? You told me how good it is, dude. It's fucking incredible what a great documentary holy shit shit what else about? oh I started watching Mob City uh, Fear City the uh, the mob like Netflix miniseries Fear City. Okay. yeah it's like the three episode thing about the mob it, it's it's good um, it's good <laughs> that's but, it uh, like I haven't watched a lot lately honestly I, I, we've been playing through the Batman Arkham Asylum game we almost finished it we'll finish mm. it tonight and um yeah fucking Becky is just fun to hang out with honestly yeah good yeah. good yeah alright um yeah that's uh that's us oh well no you know what we did watch we finished all of Avatar The Last Airbender oh yes first time watching it for you right yeah never watched it before it's good it's very good kids show yeah cool I'll give it a shot I've heard it's good fucking masterpiece yeah it's really good maybe the best fantasy show I have ever watched don't watch Korra no I'm not going (laughs) but like seriously maybe the best fantasy saga I have ever watched including Star Wars Ever, I may really? actually. What like about it. the third season? It's not been that good. I love the third season. I fucking adored the third season. What about the ending being a bit? I, I love it. I really loved okay. it. I, I I don't like how his spine gets. You know, the, the spoiler, but how he gets into the Avatar state. He doesn't. He doesn't beat him in any clever way. Which, but yeah, yeah that's what you I mean. know what? Better than fucking Harry Potter, which does the exact same thing. Where it's like the whole season is like, oh, I've got to fight him. I've got to only fight him one way. I've got to find him one way, and you think he's going to do it a different way, and then no, nah, he just fights him. And that's what. No, yeah, I, I hate when that happens in stories. It's like, Wait, it's we're gonna do so that. much build up. So much build up. We're gonna do this. And then they do it. It's like, that's not how you write a story. That's not how you do it. To be fair, he doesn't, doesn't kill him. Which um, was the same thing with Star Wars with Vader. the point. See, Star Wars actually did the subversion right, where it's like, nah, I'm gonna bring him back. But you can't bring the Fire Lord back. He's not that interesting. Zuko, though. Why didn't you do Kylo Ren the exact same fucking way? <laughs> yes, copy it. It was right there, Disney. <laughs> it was right there. They're on it now, right? No. Pretty sure JJ's producing the fucking Netflix reboot. Because he's producing fucking everything these days. <laughs> Lovecraft Country looks good. Lovecraft Country. Have you not seen the trailer? Nah. It's like um, Get Out meets Lovecraft. It's the best good. It looks good. Good. And I really came for it. Good shit. All right. Thank you for listening to our Inception podcast. Tune in next week as the Dark Knight rises. Rises! You have to imagine the podcast! You weren't born in the top in the podcast. I was born by it. 
I said talking to the mic. I didn't see the Nolan films till I was already a man, so there's <laughs> nothing to me but pretentious. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs>